The views and opinions of today's broadcast are not necessarily the views and opinions of the TJRS radio network. Thank you for being a loyal listener and enjoy the show. Online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS radio network. You may write me down in history with your bitter twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust, I'll rise. Good morning, and welcome to the serious side of the Jay Riles Show, the show where we discuss politics, social issues affecting people of color, and every now and then a little comedy as well. Now here's your host, Jay Riles. Thank you for that warm introduction, and good morning. Today is October 24th, 2021, and here are the topics that will be discussed on this week's edition of the serious side of the Jay Rao Show. Here we are trying to recover from a global pandemic that has killed more than 700,000 Americans. It shut down thousands of small businesses and put millions out of work. We don't have time to be wasting on these phony, trumped-up culture wars, this fake outrage that the right-wing media peddled to juice their ratings, and the fact that he's willing to go along with it instead of talking about serious problems that actually affect serious people, that's a shame. No one is above the law. That's the message from the committee investigating the January 6th attack on our Capitol. The full House of Representatives voted late today to hold Steve Bannon in contempt of Congress. Um, here is what uh, Donald Trump had to say about this decorated, uh, trailblazing uh, Vietnam War veteran and, and general. Quote, wonderful to see Colin Powell, who made big mistakes on Iraq and famously so-called weapons of mass destruction, be treated in depth so beautifully by the fake news media. Hope that happens to me someday. He was a classic rhino, Republican in name only, if even that, always being the first to attack other Republicans. He made plenty of mistakes. But anyway, may he rest in peace. Um, and that was immediately followed by a link to donate money uh, to Donald uh, Trump. Today, dozens of people came together uh, to hold a ride raising awareness about bullying. The event was in memory of 11-year-old Ziana Pfeiffer, a Charlotte girl who died by suicide earlier this month. Online radio at its best. Good morning, Lord. Thank you for a new day. Thank you that your compassion is renewed every morning. Great is your faithfulness and your steadfast love, O Lord. I don't know what all is going to happen today and how much I'll get done, but you do. So I give this day to you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit, Father. Energize me for your work because you know how tired these bones are. Awaken me to the wonder of your salvation and quicken my spirit to the reality of your work in my life. Lord, my mind is filled with creative ideas, but they're all jumbled. Holy Spirit, come and hover over my mind like you hovered over the waters at creation and speak order out of the chaos. Help me to cease striving and to trust that you will give me all I need today to do the work you've given me to do. 
you will be faithful to complete the good work you've started. And as I step out into my day, I declare your sovereignty over every area of my life. I entrust myself to you and ask that you use me however you see fit. This day is yours. My body is yours. My mind is yours. Everything I am is yours. May you be pleased with me today. Amen. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two is the calling number. It's the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio. That is best. And once again, let me reintroduce myself. I'm J. Rouse. Thank you for being in the house. Vanessa Mae Bell is here. Mr. Elias is in the house as well. Johnny, he has the morning off for good reason. And, of course, our colleague and dear friend, Mr. Jerome Spree, usually joins us after his commitment with Clear Channel Radio. Uh, but until he gets in the house, we hold it down. Let's say good morning to my big sis, Vanessa. Go, go on. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. We got one week left. How's everybody? <laughs> <laughs> Doing well. Doing well, Vanessa. Doing well. We'll explain what that means here in a second. All right, the man that gets the first and last word. The one and only Mr. L to the E to Good morning, sir. How are you? Well, good morning. Good morning to you, sir. And good morning, Nessa. Good morning, Mary and the Music. Good morning, Rich Sister. Good morning, Mama B. Good morning, Kathleen Williams. And good morning, my brother Jerome. And good morning, my brother Hawk. You know, Mr. Elias, um, just real quick, do you ever think, have you ever asked these women uh, before you planted your lips on them uh, permission to kiss them? It's a French thing, you don't understand. It. Okay, I just asked. I mean, you know, you just can't be. You have to be careful now in this uh, day and age. Of, uh, it's a French thing, you don't understand it. Like I said, like I said, it's a French okay. thing, you don't understand it. Whatever, Miss Daly. I just want to say good morning to Jackie as well. Good morning, Jackie. How are you? All right. So uh, listen, uh, once again, you know what time it is, Miss Daly. What is up with your mic? That was you, man. That, I don't you know. Rubbing against your beard or something. Come on, man. Shave that thing off or something. But anyway, good morning, everyone. Thank you for being in the house. You know what time it is. It's time for us to take what I like to call personal privilege. We'll take a few minutes to kind of rap and clap. And so, Vanessa, you mentioned a week away. And uh, what are you talking about, Pertel? What do you What do you mean a week away? We are a week away from what? Okay, so... Can't y'all hear the excitement in my voice? J and Liz, me and Bobby are all going out on a cruise, and we're going to believe. Yay! Yes. Yes. I'm so excited to travel with y'all again. Oh, my God. And to bring y'all to my world on a cruise ship? Lordy, lordy. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. I love traveling well, with them. They're fun. Wow. Well, there you go. There it is, folks. Uh, now, let me say this before Passa, before your hair raises up no, on your neck, we will not miss a show. 
We will be here, I mean, because we're leaving on a Sunday in the afternoon, and we'll be back on a Saturday. So no disruption. No, no. In the no, 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 no. No, no. Oh, no am I wrong? No, no. You wrong. The ship leaves at three thirty, honey. You got to be on that ship at twelve o'clock. Uh oh. Okay. Hello. So, oh, okay. No, no. There's no show next week. Uh uh-uh. uh. Oh, There's no yeah. show. Okay. I'm not okay. Listen to Vanessa. We are going on the air because we have mobile devices the whole nine yards, folks. Oh, okay. We're not going to miss okay. a beat. We will be okay. on wow, the air folks. next week. Now, what about okay. the following so week, Vanessa? Since we're together. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Kelly. Anyway, wow. so uh, what, what about mean? what about the week after that, Vanessa? Will we be on the air then, executive producer? Can you please enlighten us all? Come back on a Saturday. Okay. Honey, I don't know. We can miss one Sunday. Okay. Well, but we're Jay, not missing you anything. Oh, it's going to be done. Mobile. And be in Dallas yes. and Texas by 12 yes. o'clock, boo. You go yes. right on ahead. But I can't guarantee you that I can get my dog in the hotel and me. I might be spotting in and out. That's all I can tell y'all. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Because folks. I know how crazy it is. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. we're going to make an attempt. I stand correct. Okay. We will make an attempt to be on the air next week uh, with our mobile devices and everything. So we can do, I can do the show in the park. So we'll see. Uh, but listen, okay. we know how you guys get when we're not here. So we're going to try our best to make sure that we are live, live, all the way live. Don't even have to walk. Don't even have to drive. We're cruising <laughs> next Sunday right here. <laughs> the TJRS family is at it again. All right. I've never been on a cruise, and I'm to be honest with you, I'm not as excited as you are, but we'll see. Uh, because I don't like being seasick, what? and I'm hearing from people that you're I'm going, I'm going no, no. I don't care what he's no, saying. No. And motion Everybody sickness and the whole nine take, yards, Vanessa. Everybody has to take a grandma me the first oh, two days. No, no. Oh. Everybody has to because if you get seasick, I'm not coming to visit you. <laughs> Thank you. So, no, no. All right. You need to either go okay. get. You need to go get a bracelet at Walgreens, tell your doctor to give you a prescribed pill, or take Dramamine like the other 2,000 people on the ship are going to be doing. Okay, Vanessa. Hello. There we go. Love All right, you. so, uh, yeah, I love you too. And I can't wait until the following weeks, per, uh, you know, when we take time to kind of wrap and clap because y'all going to hear all about it. And, man, I don't know. Hopefully it's a good story. So, anyway, good stuff. Can't wait to do it. Uh, and we'll tell you all about our adventures like we always do. All right, so uh, some other things that are going on here in the last five minutes we have left in the segment. Uh, tragedy on a on a movie set, Mr. Elias. Alex Baldwin killed someone with a prop gun? You know, first of all, when you say prop gun, I was watching yeah. some stuff on this, yeah. this past week. A mm. prop gun, according to some of these experts, cannot uh, house live rounds. But, yeah. you know, and then one guy's away. That happened it, to Brandon Lee, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. He Thank got you. shot on the set of The Crow back in the 90s. How did yeah. that happen? And then we're hearing that they handed him the gun and said that it was safe. It was a cold gun or whatever the term that they used. But anyway, shot and killed one lady and critically wounded another. Man, give me your thoughts on it. Well, you know what, Jay, man, it's... Ah, wow. When I, when I first saw this, you could tell that Alex Baldwin physically, physically, just, dang, I can't say that word this morning, visibly upset about that because 
Right. You know, who, who in their right mind wants to kill anybody, man? You yep. know, just you know, and to know you out of the, the producer of this, this and director of this uh, film, and to know that you just killed somebody, and it, it, you know, it's yeah. accidental. Obviously, it's accidental. But man, that that has to weigh heavy on that man's mind. I know it will weigh heavy on mine, most definitely. But well, I tell you what, I mean, there's also this thing of uh, accidental homicide. He may be charged in this, and uh, you know, I mean, my goodness, a mistake is a mistake. But Jesus Christ, I mean, somebody may go to jail behind this, and uh, it's unfortunate. But I don't know, man. It's just a tough, tough thing. All right, Vanessa, let me give you one here real quick. Uh, Donald Trump according to reports, is launching his own social media site called the Truth Social Network. Now, really, it's just they're biting off Twitter because he's been banned on all the major platforms. So now he wants to create his own. What do you think about this? You know what? Didn't he try to create something as soon as he got out of office and that didn't well, He work? was talking about it. Well, he, No, no, he was talking about it. It never launched. But now I guess... He has, you know, whatever research he needs to have in place to launch this. You know, it's it's complex. You know, launching a social media site based on what we know now, that's a complexity. I mean, that's hard to do. Uh, and to be able to have the type of outreach like Twitter and Facebook, because you can go shop for something online, and the next thing you know, when you're on your Facebook page, guess what you're going to see at the bottom? Places that, you know, that are selling the product that you were looking for maybe 30 minutes prior. It's amazing how they the do cookies. this. Yeah, yeah, the cookies show up. Yeah. You know what? If Donald Trump launches a social media page, he's supposed to be such a busy, important man. Isn't that an indication that he really ain't about la di I mean, isn't that an indication yeah. that this man doesn't have anything important on his agenda for him to do that because I seriously doubt if the Republicans will let him run next term. Now they can keep saying all of that oh, please. Okay. They can keep saying okay. it so that they can collect money from these stupid mm-hmm. people who are donating money to Trump but I just don't think that they're going to let Donald Trump run for the next election. I just don't. Okay. So he can get out there and do all, everything he wants, but I don't think it's going to work. Okay, whatever. Now that I'm not buying. They're too scared of that guy. They think he is the next messiah. It's ridiculous uh, what these people you are really doing. You're going to talk let about. Him and not put and they don't have a choice. Really? Look because at what they're I doing mean, now. CJ, I guess I'm thinking that one of these charges from somewhere is going to stick. And that well, if you have hope. a felony charge, it's not going to be able to run. So that's my view on it. I just don't think that God is going to let somebody like Donald Trump. I think it was a wake-up call for us to have a Donald Trump in office. I just don't think hmm. it's going to happen again. But that's just me. I don't. Well. I well, I tell you what, we'll have plenty of time to talk about him because you said some just discouraging marks about uh, one of the greatest Americans who passed away this past week. And we're going to talk about that coming up. All right, it's time for an NPR News update, and then we'll get into the heavy lifting of the show. Thank you for being a part of what we do. And uh, sit back and relax. The serious side continues right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. 
Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Louise Schiavone. Barack Obama hit the campaign trail for off-year gubernatorial candidates this weekend. With Virginia's race tightening, the former president rallied supporters of Democrat Terry McAuliffe, who is seeking a non-consecutive second term as governor. The race is very tight between the traditional Democrat and his Republican challenger, Glenn Youngkin. New Jersey's governor also got a boost from the former president, Karen Yee of member station WNYC has details. In Newark's South Ward, Obama took the stage with Governor Phil Murphy, rallying the crowd to get out and vote. Drop what you're doing, go vote! Residents will have nine days to cast the ballot before the November 2nd election. I don't know about you, but I don't want to go back. I like going forward. Obama urged residents not to get complacent and give Murphy's challenger, Jack Cettarelli, the chance to roll back progressive policies like the millionaire's tax. A Democratic governor hasn't won a second term in this state since 1977. For NPR News, I'm Karen Yee in Newark, New Jersey. New research shows that cognitive impairment for survivors of COVID-19 is relatively common, even among younger patients. The study found many of these symptoms can last for seven months or even longer. NPR's Will Stone has more. Scientists at Mount Sinai in New York City followed up with more than 700 patients who'd been treated for COVID-19 in the hospital, ER, or outpatient. The most prominent cognitive deficits were difficulties storing memories and recalling them. This affected about a quarter of the patients in the study and was most common among those who were hospitalized. Other symptoms included slow mental processing and trouble finding words. The average age of those in the study was about 50, and none of them had a history of dementia before contracting COVID-19. The study authors say the findings show that cognitive issues with long COVID, often referred to as brain fog, don't just affect older patients. Will Stone, NPR News. Cinematographer Helena Hutchins was remembered in a vigil yesterday by members of the International Cinematographers Guild. She was accidentally shot to death Thursday on the Santa Fe, New Mexico set of Alec Baldwin's movie Rust. Liz Pecos is the president of the local guild in Santa Fe. This moment has shaken all of us to the very core, and we will carry her in our hearts and minds forever. Pecos says the absence of safety on the set was shocking. We share the outrage and shock at her life being cut short in such a devastating way. Meanwhile, it's reported that hours before actor Alec Baldwin fired a fatal gunshot from a prop gun that he had been told was safe, seven camera crew members for the movie he was filming walked off the job to protest conditions and production issues. That included safety concerns. This is NPR. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the 
TJRS Radio Network. It's 19 minutes after the hour. For those of you all who are trying to get to church on time, I want to make sure that you uh, make it to the house of the Lord in time. All right, so former President Barack Obama waved into Virginia's gubernatorial race, criticizing Republican candidate Glenn Youngkin for supporting phony trumped-up culture wars in his bid to flip the state. Speaking at a rally in Richmond for Democrat Terry McCullough, Obama said Yunkin was seeking to win by signaling support for baseless claims about fraud in the 2020 election that led to the attack on the Capitol January 6th. Either he is actually, either he actually believes in the same conspiracy theories that resulted in the mob, or he doesn't believe them. But he's willing to go along with them to say or do anything to get elected, Obama said of the former CEO on Saturday. And maybe that's worse because it says something about his character. We'll pick it up right there. It's always good to hear that man speak. Miss him in office. Mr. Elias, let me start with you. A lot of people are saying this is going to be a referendum on the Biden presidency because this is the first major uh, election that's going to take place while President Biden is president, or the first one during his first major uh, election uh, since he's been in office. And a lot of people are saying this is a close race. Now, Virginia, this is a state that, um, you know, you had that whole thing with the governor, with the Michael Jackson blackface, and then you had this whole thing going on with the lieutenant governor. We talked about that on the show. But my goodness, this race is a lot tighter than people thought it would be. And Terry McCullough, who was the mayor, not, excuse me, who was the governor there at some point, uh, he's bringing in the heavy hitters, President Obama. President Biden's been there, you know, uh, Stacey Abrams was there, the, the, the first lady of the United States, she was there, Jill Biden. Let me ask you something. First of all, two questions. Number one, do you think the Democrats will pull it off? And two, why do you think this race is as close as it is um, at this late stages of the election cycle? Well, you know, Jay, it, it depends on how many people going to get out and vote on that one, because you know, or the black voters and the women and, you know, the, the people that are disgusted with the Republican Party, the independents that are, that are disgusted with the Republican Party. Because everybody in their mama knows that they cannot come up a viable, any, any viable information that said that this election was stolen. They, all they do is yell at it. They yell it, and, and I guess, you know, if you say it long enough and loud enough, people will start to believe it. And then guess what? There are there are 70 million, over 70 million Americans that believe the election was stolen. And for the life of me, I cannot understand how you can have even your Republican, your, your Republican people in office that said, no, there was no, there was no election fraud. And then you go to Arizona to do your, 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 your secret ninja counters, and they said that he lost by even more votes than, than, than what? What was happening But you know You're still not going to stop these people Like I said if the, if the Republican Party Sends out a message Their whole, their whole party is going to believe it Because that's what they do They don't tell the truth They can say the sky is green And they're going to keep saying the sky is green That's, that, that's the difference And do, you th- I, do I think he'll win it? Yes I think he'll pull it off in the end I do Because there, there are enough decent enough people out there To say I can't keep putting up with this trash because it's all trash. They're, take, they're trying to take away everything uh, that, that people uh, love. They're trying to take away uh, your abortion, the abortion rights for women. They're trying to take away women, women's rights. 
And now, now that they don't even want to, to fix the infrastructure, and there's, there's city after city after city where the pipes and everything else is starting to break down and there's no infrastructure. So all y'all are obstructionists. So I, I think in the end, and, and Virginia, yeah, I think the governor will win. Former government. Okay, v- Vanessa, I, but here we go. And, and this is the thing that people are saying. The reason why the Republicans are talking about election fraud and all these different things is because they just don't have anything to win on the merits. They have nothing. Everything that they're opposing in Congress, uh, the majority of the Americans, uh, of Americans are uh, in favor of. The polling tell us this. Yet and still, these people continue to talk about something that will rob up their base, that will win them primaries. But, you know, this is a true test, I think, uh, the power of the power of the uh, Biden presidency, because Biden's numbers are dropping. And, you know, he is in Donald Trump territory when it comes to polling numbers. What do you think the outcome of this race is going to be in Virginia? And my second question to you is, is the reason why they keep, I shouldn't say it, the reason why they keep bringing up election fraud is because they have nothing to run on, right? They can't campaign and run on anything because, you know, in my opinion, most of the things that they're pushing, they're not popular with the American people. What say you? Well, just recently I was out, and I don't know how the conversation came up. I, I don't even – I don't. I don't even – I came up. Of course but you were, hanging out with Trump people. No, yes. no, mm-hmm. no, oh, no really? she was black. No. Oh. We were at Bingo, I say, on your side of town, and she was black. And she okay. said, I don't know how politics came up, but I promise you it didn't come out of my mouth first. She was young, and I was surprised to hear this young girl say this. She made a comment and said something about, well, the Democrats not doing anything. Uh, they got every court in the land and still not getting anything accomplished. If they keep wow. doing, Yes, she said that. Young black girl looked like, probably was like 32, 33, somewhere between mm. 30, 35. I'm shocked. I don't even, I don't know. Because we have TV screens in now, I don't know if something came up to make that conversation come up or whatever it was, but she was sitting behind me, and she said that. So all I can say is if the Democrats don't start getting on board instead of sitting there dishing out money and trying to figure out a way to get union people's IRAs taxed after we didn't work like a dog for them, uh, because he dishing out a trillion here and a trillion there, they're going to lose. And they're going to lose to Democrats who are sitting there listening to him like, are you crazy? You're going to tax my IRA that I took um, 20 years at Southwest Airlines to put together, and you're going to tax it? Yeah, right. Okay. So then you got people like that young black girl who you could tell was at work because she had her laptop and stuff right there while she was still playing bingo. And one time we heard her going to her office voice. So she must have a really good job. And she was appalled at the Democrats not doing anything. So I'm just saying, they're going to lose to some of the young Democrats if they don't get their crap together. I will say that. And I'm appalled at some of the stuff that Joe Biden is doing. So I'm just saying. Well, Okay, let's uh, – we, we, okay, i tell you what. Uh, save that conversation because I definitely want to know what you're appalled about. I think I already know. But, but, but here's the thing that I think when we talk about messaging. I don't know what else unless – you know, I hear people say ridiculous things like that as well. 
and it's just common knowledge, Michelle. Yes, that. What was it is, I, I hear them say ridiculous things like, you know, Joe Biden's not doing anything, the Democrats are not doing anything, you know, blah blah blah. And this is why the Republican playbook okay, is so, Jack, so effective. You name something of importance that they've done. They haven't started the, the rich people back to paying taxes. That's the first thing Joe but Biden see, should have but done. But, but, but Vanessa, Amazon listen. Vanessa, Vanessa, listen, listen, Vanessa. Thank you, Vanessa. This is this is the problem that we have, and this and you're about to make the point that I, you're making the point that I was about to say. The bottom line is, okay. is that the reason why the Republican playbook book works is because they sit back and they're the ones behind the scenes. It's almost like let, let me see, can I explain in a, in a way where people can understand? It's like the people who make radar detectors are the same people who make the damn gun that the cops get you on. All the cops are trying to get you for speeding here by our radar detector. But you're the one that's creating the technology for them to catch you speeding. My point is, is this, is that the Republicans can continue to operate in the shadows. They continue to be obstructionists. They continue to not let things pass because they know that most people, low information or low informed voters are not digging down into the ground. They're not digging to what find out what's really the problem. That has everything, to, Vanessa, that has everything to do with it. Because, Vanessa, you know why? Because what's, you, just, you just brought up something. You said they're not taxing the rich. Well, guess what? He's not the king of the, of the United States. He's the president of the United States. And there are two other branches of government that have to play along. And so the Republicans I... continue they continue to do things like they do, obstructionists, because they know that people are going to blame the White House. They're not going to blame them. Okay. So I agree with that, Jay, but I also think that if he is trying to change it, put that in the news, Jay, so that the Democrats... It is in the news. news. It is I in have the not heard him try to do anything about getting them to pay taxes. I have not heard one thing. That, what do you but think, I what do you have think heard the bill that's trying to pass here, Vanessa? The Build Back Better bill is the bill. The Build Back Better bill it taxes the rich it, it, instead of taxing the poor. It taxes the very the very rich and corporations that make a certain amount of money. But and I don't care if they tax me on, and we're not rich. No, not Vanessa, everybody needs no, to pay Vanessa, their fair share. It's, it's taxing the very rich and the very the, and the, the corporations that are not paying anything into the tax system. But you know who's standing and and and. and and blocking that one, that's Kristen Sinema and so, Joe Manchin. She, yep. she, she is the main reason. Vanessa, real quick. Vanessa, let me say this real quick. I want, and I'll let you finish your thought. But oh, let, let me God. say this real quick. I don't want to lose my train of thought. I give it right back to you, I promise. Chris, I just want to back up what Mr. Elias just said. And that's the reason why Kristen Sinema is not supporting it, because it's going to tax corporations. There you go. I'm sorry for interrupting. The floor is yours. Okay, no, what I was fixing to say was, oh, I haven't been, you know, I've been traveling a lot, so please forgive me, everybody. But, so you're going to tell me that because we have House, Senate, everything, we can't get it passed? Is it because some Democrats are voting against it as well? Why can't they get it passed? Well, there's two Democrats <laughs> that are voting against the bill. That's Kristen Sinema and Joe Manchin. They're voting against it. We talk about this every they're week. Just- that, 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 I have they, not why heard y'all say anything about them not putting that through. I just haven't. I'm sorry. Vanessa, Vanessa, 
I, I, I said every week, contact, at the end of the show, I always say, for those who don't know, contact Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema. I say I call them every week. I call them every week. I call them on a daily basis to say, why aren't y'all passing bills? I, I do that because that's my right to as a United States citizen. But Kristen Cinema and Joe Manchin are blocking the Build Back Better bill because it taxes the very wealthy. And they say they got to find another way now to, 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 to pay for this because the, the wealthy have indeed uh, blocked every way that they would have to pay more. You, you, can, you can hear it in Bill Maher's voice when he talks about it. He said, well, I pay taxes, but you don't pay your fair share in taxes. The corporations don't pay their fair share in taxes, and neither do the wealthy. I've been saying that for the longest. And these people would have to pay for the Build Back Better bill, and they don't even want to do that. They'd rather go up and they'd rather send a rocket up to the moon, uh, up, up, up space, and pay for that than to do what they're supposed to do for the United States of America. Yeah, and you even said it last week. I mean, the thing is, is that what people don't understand, low information voters are not paying attention to what's happening. They know just enough. They go to their favorite news outlet, whether it's MSNBC, CNN, Fox News. They get their taste or quench their thirst, and they're moving on. They're not taking the additional steps to understand what's going on here. They, the Listen, you just said Democrats. Well, Democrats, you said Democrats have the House and the Senate. The margins in the House are so narrow, and because of what, right here in Texas, they just signed a bill to redistrict here in Texas. So once again, Republicans know that if they continue to do this, someone was asking me the other day about redistricting. What difference does it make? I said it makes a huge difference because you can take a, a heavily Democratic uh, 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 community, uh, and then you can split that up and siphon off votes and add Democratic minorities to the back end of Republican majorities, and all of a sudden you have diluted that vote process, that, that voting block. So now, instead of having a large Democratic district, what you've done is you've peeled off these voters and added them to larger uh, Republican districts, and now all of a sudden Republicans are in, in place. We talk about this all the time, how this country is center left, that this country has voted most Democrat, has voted Democratic majority for over the last, I don't know, 15 or 20 years. Hold most of the state gubernatorial houses because they're cheating. And they're going to continue to win because at the end of the day, people cheat. are going to. Well, they're going to continue to cheat, and then at the end of the day, you're going to have people like that young black girl saying, you know, Biden's not doing anything. He can't make wave a magic wand and change stuff. And you may not agree with some of the things he's doing to help, you know, people that are poor, and that's your opinion. That's okay. But at the end of the day, to sit here and say that Joe Biden uh, and the Democrats are not doing anything is crazy. Wait, you're wait, not, pay, before you're not paying attention. Believe what you're saying. Wait, Jay, before you people believe exactly what you're saying. I do not have a problem with them helping the poor. Don't say that. That's not I, true. Okay, that's fine. I, that's not true. Well, I, I misspoke. I misspoke. I'm just saying if you disagree with some that's, of his yeah, policies. That's not true. I just that is true. You do stuff. disagree with some of his stuff. I said some. <laughs> Okay, that's what I just said. You said. I know you don't want Joe Biden helping the poor like it's everything. I said, okay, well, I'm sorry. Let me misspeak. I misspoke. Let me correct it for the record. There are some of Joe some Biden's policies, 
some of his policies, right? That that uh, that he's trying to do to get people out of poverty that you disagree with. That's okay. That's your right. This country needs How to about, have two. Okay. Oh, yes. For a minute, mm-hmm. Jay. Right here in Houston. Yes. Tell the truth. If you go in the front stores in Houston, don't three of them have a sign say now hiring? But Vanessa, okay, but we've had this conversation too. I mean, let me ask you a question. No. <laughs> much, Vanessa, I will say yes. Okay, I'm going to answer your question. Let me ask you a question. You are absolutely correct. Now I'm going to ask you. Matter of fact, Mr. Okay, Elias, you asked the question. Go ahead, because I'm because I was about to say the same thing how, you just asked. Ahead, Mr. Elias. How much are they paying? How much are they paying? Because right now, well, you if, you, know, if you look at McDonald's and the rest of these people. They, they, are, they are, McDonald's and all this other stuff is all. They're offering all kinds of stuff to, for people to come to work now, but they weren't offering that before because they can't find workers. Because workers are left. They call this a strike tober. Strike tober is where people are, are tired of being paid nothing. They're tired of being paid nothing, so they can barely make it. So, I get, I get it. There's plenty of jobs everywhere. You are 100% correct. But how much are they paying? They're, if they're not paying enough for me to make a living off of. Why would I go back to work? Why would I go back to make? Why would I go back to work and make my family starve when my family is not starving now? Just so I can make somebody else happy? I, I can't. Well, I can't get down with that. I hope every. You know what? I hope everybody thinks about that when Christmas comes, and they can't get those ships unloaded. Where well, I was in Long Beach three weeks ago, and there was twenty-something ships out there because there was. Nobody to unload those ships to get the stuff into the Dollar Trees and the Home Depots. That's the reason why Walmart <laughs> rented a ship. Wait, let me finish. That, yeah, that's Vanessa. That, that's you, you kind of mixing apples and oranges. Some of that is COVID, and a no, lot of that is because of. No, no, okay, well, no, I, well okay, okay, no, like, okay, Vanessa. Okay, Vanessa. What I'm saying is that you're saying that there, <laughs> you're saying that there are empty shelvings in these stores. Some of that is because of COVID protocol. Some of that is because of the Department of Labor. You know, they have laws in place to to, to protect workers, right? Like, for example, if you're okay. a truck driver, you can only you can right. only drive X amount of hours before you have to pull over. So now they just signed something saying, okay, they signed a bill that will allow people to work for these ports to be open for 24 hours a day operating. So, yeah, some of that is work shortage. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's not. There are people walking off their jobs because they're just saying, look, in order for you to work here, you have to be tested. And like what's going on in Chicago and New York with the police departments, you can't tell us what to do with our bodies, so we're going to walk out. I mean, it's just turmoil all over the place. So, yes, some of that is because folks don't want to go back to work. And you're going to always have those people right to sell yeah, so well, maybe, maybe the police should comply, huh? Maybe the police, the police should comply, huh? Is yeah, the people that's yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. There comply. you go. That's, that's a good point. Comply. So, so, mm-hmm. so you can, so you can say that okay, a lot of this is because of X, Y, Z, and I'm pretty sure that all the things that we've talked about during this segment plays a, a role in it. But at the end of the day, for people to sit here and honestly say that the Democrats are not doing anything. Uh, you know, I just think that that's just so wrong. And at the at the end of the day, for people, okay, if you want to criticize Democrats for messaging, that's you know that's what you want to do. That's fine. But it, but but listen here, and this is the this is the reason why I talk about the low inf- low information uh, voter, because 
if you I watch MSNBC all day long, right? Every TV in this house is, with the exception of the one in my daughter's room and my, my mother's room. Those people cannot do that, though, Jay. Those young people can't sit there and watch MSNBC all day but, long. But they oh, but they can sit and watch. But they can sit and watch Netflix all day. They can sit and on their phones. You know what? There's no excuse. The information is out there. You have to go get it. If you don't go get it, it's funny how late-night comedians stick a microphone in somebody's face and ask them who the vice president of the United States is and how many people who don't know that. I, I mean, when I've you were 30 always... years old, were you watching CNN and MSNBC when you were 30 years old? No. I was over – well, well, listen, keep in mind now, they weren't really doing this when I was 30 years old. I don't even think MSNBC was around. I mean, I could be wrong. But the other thing is that, you know, we're talking about – But there was a and you weren't but, looking, but, but Vanessa, you weren't looking at it. But, Vanessa, I was watching <laughs> CNN. Vanessa, I was watching CNN. Vanessa, you're talking to the wrong one. I've always been fascinated I by this stuff. I attention to politics. Really? Absolutely, always been fascinated by it. My mother made me pay attention to politics. It was nothing, no ifs, ands, and buts. Always fascinated by it. So, you know, the thing is, I had my fun, I had my thing, but guess what? I was trying to defend her. I guess. That's what what you said. We put you in a choke on tap out then. Tap out. Tap out. Tap out. No, listen, it's just, to me, it's dangerous. I said this on the show a long time ago, and I got just, you know, annihilated for saying it. But I said this, and I'll say it again. At the end of the day, you know, we have people voting for the for folks who are the most important people outside of their family and religion that can have a direct impact on what they do, on the way they live, on the way they can survive in this country. And you have just normal, everyday folks who are not paying attention to nothing voting. That's how Jesse Ventura won the 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 the, uh, the Minnesota governor the, the gubernatorial race because he was popular. You know, Donald Trump won because he was popular. Nobody, if you if people really looked into what Donald Trump was all about, there's no way he would be voted in the office. A lot of people who are self-respecting folks who I you know who I'm still friends with, some of them at least. They thought that the guy was rich. You know, this guy knows what he's doing, and, and you know, we need maybe we need a business-minded person in office. Now, I talk to those same people that are like, oh, my God, we didn't realize how much of a farce this guy was, how phony he was. So there are people, rhinos, Republican in name only, who are out against Trump and his allies because they realize that he was a fraud. He's the biggest con man in the, in, in the history of this country. It's just, you know, it's just the way it is. So, listen, great stuff as always. Just, a, oh, man, it's just so much to get into this morning. And when we're talking about Donald Trump, it just makes my head spinning. We have more about that food coming up. All right. You know what time it is if you listen to this show. And uh, it's time for convenient time. And let me uh, read the promo for it for you. All right. So, listen, last year, band and choir classes were a far cry from normal with students practicing outside or over Zoom. But with students back in school this fall, many are overjoyed to take place in an almost normal music class. Now, it's convenient time in four minutes or less, something that you need to know. I'm pretty sure some of your kids are back in school. Be interested to hear from parents. Uh, I can tell you my experiences with it. Um, but kids are, you know, the effect that this pandemic has had on children um, is amazing. And when you think about social skills, those things are developed in school. So 
It's convenient time. In four minutes or less, something that you need to know. We'll be right back on the other side. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Rowe Show. 347-850-1272 is the calling number. We'll be right back. Students last year, band and choir classes were a far cry from normal. Students practiced outside or over Zoom. As Craig Lamolt of member station GBH in Boston reports, with students back in school this fall, many are overjoyed to take part in almost normal music classes. Students in Westwood High School's wind ensemble class catch up with each other and fiddle with instruments as rehearsal begins. Then the director, Dr. Heather Cody, raises her hand and they begin to tune up. The first day that we were in here this fall and they all played together, I started to tear up. Beginning and ready, go. Last year, Cody says, they mostly practiced outside, which got harder as the weather cooled. And the students were split into two cohorts that came to school in person on different days. It didn't have the whole group together, so sometimes, you know, balance was weird, and, you know, you had too many of one instrument because all the other ones were in the other cohort. Senior and tenor sax player Frank Papetti says when they were at home last year, they'd mute their microphones and play along. Yeah, you kind of feel isolated. It kind of turns you off in a sense. You don't really want to play. Nobody can hear you. Now he's thrilled they're all back together again. Oh my God, I'm super excited. I love, I love playing my instrument. Things do look a bit different in wind ensemble this year. There's a black filter covering the bell of Papetti's saxophone. And honestly, it doesn't make that much of a difference. It doesn't make a sound much different at all. But scientists say it does make playing instruments safer. Yelena Srebrich of the University of Maryland was one of the leading researchers behind a study that used lasers and high-speed cameras to visualize how aerosols spread from instruments and singers. When you put a mask or bell cover, the area that is immediately directly affected by a breath shrinks by one-third, which is enormous. Singing is a concern, too. One of the first known COVID super-spreader events in the U.S. happened in a choir in Washington state. The study's authors put out a list of recommendations, including bell covers for bands and masks for choruses when they rehearse indoors. They also suggest things like physical distancing and added air filtration. The organizations that supported the study say about 20 states are requiring these steps. 20 more have some sort of recommendation to follow the guidelines, and 10 have none. And one, two, a one, two, three, four. The high school jazz ensemble in Wellesley, Massachusetts, is going a step further. As junior Max Goldenson points out, even as he plays his trumpet, he's wearing a mask. There's a hole in the center, and each side has a magnet on it, so you can kind of clip it close whenever you're not playing. Freshman Ben Harris says for music class last year, he had to record his bass guitar parts into an app, which told him if he got the notes right. He says he went from loving music class to it feeling like a chore. I mean, it it works, but it's not like the nicest way to play. He says it felt a bit like a video game. But not the most entertaining one. Down the hall, about 40 masked members of a Wellesley High School choir are back together, including senior Nora Harkeen. 
for all of us. Like, this is our community. This is where we find joy in our day-to-day. Like, it's a break from the schoolwork, and it's a time, like, all of my friends are in these choirs and in these groups, so to lose that was a really hard time. We don't want to do that again. And they're all hoping, with these new protective measures, that they won't have to. For NPR News, I'm Craig Lamolt in Wellesley, Massachusetts. Today, nearly one in five Americans are living with a mental health condition, from our children and grandparents to our veterans, coworkers, and neighbors. For all of us, our mental well-being is just as important as our physical health. But unfortunately, most of us don't know how to recognize the signs that someone is in emotional distress. And so many of those who are having difficulty can't get the help they need. And together, we can change this. We can start by visiting changedirection.org and learning the five signs that may mean someone is struggling and needs help. And then it's up to us to show compassion, to reach out, connect, help folks find the hope and the support they need. Together, we can change the story about mental health in America. Together, we can change direction. Online radio at its best. Mr. Bannon's own public statements make clear he knew what was going to happen before it did. And thus, he must have been aware of and may well have been involved in the planning of everything that played out on that day. The American people deserve to know what he knew and what he did. I have no doubt that Mr. Bannon's scorn for our subpoena is real. But no one, and I repeat, no one is above the law and we need to hear from him. The House of Representatives voted on Thursday to hold Steve Bannon, one of former President Donald Trump's closest allies, in criminal contempt of Congress after he defied a subpoena from the committee investigating the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. The vote was 229 to 202. Nine Republicans voted with all 220 Democrats to pass the resolution. House Select Committee Vice Chair Liz Cheney, Representatives Adam Kinsinger, Nancy Mace, Fred Upson, Peter Majeur, John Cato, Brian Fitzpatrick, Anthony Gonzalez of Ohio, and Jamie Herrera Bueller all voted with Democrats. Representative Greg Pence, the brother of former Vice President Mike Pence, who was presiding over the electoral vote count on January 6th, did not vote. How convenient was that? Welcome back in uh, 10 minutes before the top of the hour, 50 minutes after the hour. You listen to The Serious Side, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TKRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. So here we go. New administration in place. And now we're going to see things change. Vanessa, during the Trump administration, any time Congress would send out subpoenas for people to come and talk to them, you know, they would just blow it off. And the Justice Department that was in place at that time didn't give two you-know-whats about whether or not these people complied with a subpoena. Well, guess what? There's a new sheriff in town, which means that there will be new rules. There's a possibility Steve Bannon, who should be in jail anyway for that major financial scheme that he pulled off, but he was approved in the 11th hour by you-know-who. He was I'm not approved, but he was uh, – uh, what's the word I'm looking for, Mr. Elias? He was a pardon. There you go. In the 11th hour by you-know-who, 
Um, so now, there's a possibility he can go to jail for Nessa, which would be music to my ears. What say you in regards to this and whole thing with Steve <laughs> Bannon? Okay. Ooh. Did you see him walk out of there the other day with a smile on his face? When they were taking well, him out the courtroom, you see the smile. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, that's. You're talking about footage of when they pulled him off. He was on some Chinese billionaire's boat uh, when they arrested him for these charges that Trump pardoned him for. I, I mean, good God. I, let one of us even remotely try some of this stuff that these people are doing. We'd be under the jail, Vanessa. Under the jail. You know, it. Child, you're talking about under. They were just buried us. I mean, I am so sick of Trump and his cronies all over the world in different places defending Trump, uh, defending the cronies that's with Trump. I just, I'm kind of sick of it, actually, uh, because Trump didn't mean any of us well. Trump didn't give a damn about a black, brown, Indian. If you wasn't Snow White, he just could care less about you. And for some of these people who voted for him to see how he was after the fact was too late. Like I told you, and we just saw them recently, Bobby and I did, the black boy who said his job told him to vote for Trump. I, how you doing? How's your family doing? Oh, Miss Vanessa, I got laid off from work. Oh, did you? I came so close. And Bobby was like, don't you do it, Vanessa. I was like, oh, did you? So... <laughs> You know, hey, <laughs> when you were sitting back saying you had to vote for your job, and I was trying to tell you not to vote for him, now you have to start a whole nother career over because your black behind voted for Trump. Okay, I can't feel sorry for him. And that's my friend, uh, Sonny Law, I just, but I can't feel sorry for him. I'm just saying. Well, you know, let me correct something that you said. You said, unless you're lily white, Trump doesn't care about you. No, you have to be lily white and rich. Because we've already talked about the comments he made about some of his supporters. Right. He didn't want to shake their hands. You, you know, so if you're, if you're poor white trash, trust me, he don't like you. He just tolerates you because he knows that he can get that nickel or $2 you have in your pocket because you're going to be gullible enough to, to yeah. you know, support his campaign. So, yeah, so no, yep. you have to be rich and lily white, so you, you can't, you know, and if you're black and rich, uh, he'll tolerate you because that's good for his image, you know, there's a, there's, yep. look at my black supporter, you know, this guy is a freaking clown. Mr. Elias, give me your thoughts on this thing with Steve Bannon, you know, he continued to defy Congress, and so now, once again, there's a new sheriff in town, and they're saying, look, oh no, we're going to hold you in criminal contempt. And what this also is going to do is send a message to the rest of these fools out here, you know, you know, the Mark Meadows and all these guys. Okay, if you want to play games, then guess what we're going to do? We're going to, you know, vote to hold you in contempt. And here's the thing I thought that was really unprecedented, how quickly it moved through the process. Right, because you know this is a stall tactic. We know what they're trying to do. If you run it in court and and you know file lawsuits or whatever, you just drag this thing out. The Supreme Court is moving on this pretty quick, and so now it's really going to be up to the uh, 
to the Attorney General of the United States to, to move forward on this, Mr. Elias, right? Well, Jay, my thought process is we'll see what Mary Garland is made of <laughs> at this point in time. Really? I, so you put I, you it know, on I him? Host, I host. No, God, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I want to well, see what he's made of. I want to see what he's going to do. I really do. I want to see what Mary Garland is going to do in this, in this situation. If he's going to run with his tail tucked between his legs, or is he going to stand up like a man? Bottom line. Look, his ass, Steve Bannon's ass should have been in jail for that scheme he pulled off. Let's all call it what it is. But, hey, the rich protect the rich. And the poor, all we do is fight. That, that's the way the rich got us. We fight amongst each other because the rich is going to protect the rich, and the poor is just going to fight. So that, that's the foregone conclusion. But the bottom line is Steve Bannon ass should have his ass in jail. And we'll see what Matt Garland is made of. You mean Zay, Mr. Elias, right? They fight amongst themselves because you and Vanessa are not in that category. You guys are a whole different level. Y'all are rich. Uh, but I've digressed. Okay. No, uh, God, no. Hell no. <laughs> I, I, when you rich, when you rich, when you rich, your money works for you, not you work for your money. That that there's a difference there. It lies in the richness. Yeah, okay. We had some yeah, work. We going with that. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. All right. You're welcome. Are you talking to her? Okay, my bad. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. You're listening to the serious side oh, of the union. show. It's uh, yeah, yeah. It's fifty seven minutes after the hour. Three before the top of the hour. She talked about the union in the first step, but you didn't jump on that one. Okay, so um, no, it is. I will never union. talk against the union ever because that's who is taking care of my union. retirement. I will never talk against the okay. union. I, I know. Okay, did. I know Nessa didn't, but hey, he liked to start stuff. Nessa, don't let, let Jay start his. Michael stuff Jackson wrote a song that. about it. <laughs> Michael yeah, Jackson wrote a song about it. <laughs> yeah, so so. <laughs> So, all right, so in all seriousness with this guy, uh, Vanessa said something in the last segment that I thought was interesting. And she said, you know, she said, I'm thinking that Trump will have a felony against him and he won't run. And who knows what's going on in the background? Sometimes justice is a slow crawl. And sometimes if you're going after, it's not sometimes, if you're going after the former president of the United States, I'm pretty sure that they're making sure that they're crossing all their T's and dotting all their I's. I still think Letitia James and her crew are still trying to go after him, but they have to make sure that it's solid. And then you also have to take into consideration the ramifications of if you do this. You know, if you do this before midterms, then people are going to be, oh, my God, you know, this is a witch hunt. This is yep. fake news. Let's put yep. them back in office. Yep. So it's it's mm-hmm. really, you know, it's really a, they're in a tough, tough, tough spot because you don't want to get these people riled up. And this goes back to what I was saying during that last segment. We have people – I've always thought this was funny. If a company is hiring a CEO, Ms. Delias, to run their, you know, companies – run their company abroad, right? If they're doing this, they send Mr. Elias, you know this, they vet these guys, they send their smartest people to mm-hmm. the region to investigate them. They do everything yeah. to make sure that this person that we're putting in place, Mr. Elias, knows what they're doing. They play an important role in our organization. They play a vital role in our organization. And at the end of the day, it has to be the right person. And they spend all that money, Mr. Elias, and effort and energy to get these people in place. 
But yet, we can have old Joe Schmo, who doesn't even know who the president of the United States is, vote to elect the most powerful person in the world. It is a crazy dynamic when you think about it, right? That's a crazy dynamic, but, you know, I was reading something on uh, on the Internet the other day where this lady put out uh, a, a poll tax that her grandmother had to pay, and that really blew me, oh, wow. blew me away. I was like, yeah, man, and, and, and the lady was from Houston, and it was out of Texas, but it was like, wow, she had to pay a poll tax? It's like, yes, she had to pay a poll tax, and I, I, that that should have set people into a tizzy, but it didn't. It didn't. Not at all. <laughs> oh, God, I, you know, coming up uh, in the next segment, I'm going to say something that's going to probably get me in trouble, uh, but I'm going to say it anyway because Who I'm cares? just so. Let's get in trouble this morning. Let's get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, you're always, you know, floating along those guidelines. But, but my goodness, I'm going to say something that's going to probably get me in trouble, more or less with God, not with people, but with God. And, and so I have to be careful, oh, and I'll be praying. Get in trouble with God, Jay. What? Jay, it ain't yes. that serious. Not with God. Yeah, it is. Well, I'm gonna pray for you when I get to church. I ain't lying. Well, you pray for me doing this, doing the break because uh, we're gonna step out, and take a break. Pray for me doing the break because I'm going to say something's gonna probably get me in a little trouble here, but that's okay. I'm used to it. I'm with right, you. Three, four, seven, eight, with you. Yeah, I know you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With your black gloves on, black power, fight the power. Let's play. Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, public enemy as we stand on the podium, Mr. Elias. But it's coming out next segment. All right, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It is time for the first edition of Mariana Music's Corner, and we'll be right back after this. Don't you go anywhere. Matter of fact, I'm wrong. I'm going to say it here. The segment after next. I forget where we are on the show. All right, we'll be right back after this. You listen to the series. Well, Vanessa, that's a tease, and so you're going to have to put your headphones on and listen. I do like Passa doing cheap. You know how it gets down. All right, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Mariana Music Floor is coming up next. You're listening to the serious side of the Jay Rouse Show. Oh, those boys are much too much. Those boys are much too much. We got the spirit. We're hot. We can't be stopped. We got the spirit. We're hot. We can't be stopped. We're going to beat them and bust them. Beat them. The smallest them. moments can have the biggest beat impact beat on a child's life. A little bit Take time to be a dad One more today. Time. All those boys are much too much. Those boys.
You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. On the topic of Donald Trump, uh, let's just remind people who Republicans are lining up behind, Republican office holders. Um, he just released a, a statement about the death of General Colin Powell, who died, we should say. He was fighting uh, cancer and Parkinson's, but his death was something of a surprise. He and his wife, Alma, uh, although they were both uh, vaccinated, tested positive for COVID and, and Alma's okay, but uh, Colin Powell regrettably died because he had these problems with underlying conditions and a compromised immune system. That said, Wonderful to see Colin Powell, who made big mistakes on Iraq and famously so-called weapons of mass destruction, be treated in death so beautifully by the fake news media. Hope that happens to me someday. He was a classic rhino, Republican in name only, if even that, always being the first to attack other Republicans. He made plenty of mistakes. But anyway, may he rest in peace. Um, And that was immediately followed by a link to donate money uh, to Donald uh, Trump. Welcome back in 347-850-1272. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. We lost a great American this past week, the death of Colin Powell. General Colin Powell was the first uh, black secretary of state. Uh, he was one of the main faces you would see uh, on a nightly basis giving briefings during the Gulf War. Uh, the son of Jamaican immigrants, uh, just an outstanding American. A lot of people this past week in remembrance of this great man talked about his uh, endorsement of President Obama in 2008, and they talked about how he was so against Donald Trump uh, and what he was doing to the Republican Party. And, you know, Vanessa... (laughs) This is a segment that I'm going to say what um, that I'm going to need some prayer for, but let's just take a few minutes and talk about the greatness of Colin Powell. And the no hitter is gone. <laughs> Thank you, Vanessa, for not responding. My All right. I'm sorry. My the no hitter okay. is gone. First of all, you know I'm getting dressed to go to church so I can pray for you. So, um, you know, I think that Colin Powell was to me just a strong symbol of a black man to me. That's just my thoughts of him. Um, I hated to to hear that he died of COVID. I hate to hear that he died at all. But, um, I don't know. I just think that he was just a strong symbol of a black man. The first black person I thought was a strong symbol in the White House. Um, and even though Condi was a Republican, she was the first strong black woman to me in my eyesight uh, as a strong black woman and then reading her book. So, you know, rest in heaven, uh, Colin Powell, um, and those who have anything derogatory to say about him can go to hell. Well, and that, that leads me right into what I was about to say, uh, what I said, what I teased before the final set. You know, we played what Donald Trump said about Colin Powell. You just heard that. It, it, let me tell you something. At this stage, at this point, Donald Trump is heading into Rush Limbaugh country for me. Right, it's getting to the point where, and I hate to say this, 
But I'm almost at a point where, God dang it, maybe the world would be a better place if we woke up the next morning and see a headline that he is no longer walking amongst the living. He is a cancer to this country. He is a cancer to this world. For him to make those incendiary comments about that great American man, it's, it's, this guy is a former president of the United States, and he released that statement. And you know what? I'll, normally we wouldn't even play that, but I think it's important for you to hear the nonsense of what this man said about Colin Powell. It kind of reminds me, and I'm, I'm, you know, since I'm wading in the water, I might as well wade all the way in. It kind of reminds me of what happened during Katrina, right? How although so many good people died during Katrina, during uh doing that Hurricane Katrina, right? But then all the riffraff found a way to survive and went on to kill and and maim and and do what they do. Why? How do we have good people who leave this earth and then you have trolls like Donald Trump who almost died from COVID? He's still around. I mean, how is this fair, Vanessa? How is this fair to lose a great American like Colin Powell and this clown still graces the face of this planet? It almost you makes know, you say, Jack, wow, Father, where art thou? And I, you know, I, I, I have to say this. And um, my best high school, not even high school, she grew up on the street diagonally across the street from me. And... She's not vaccinated. She's a vegan. I'm over here saving vegetables for her out by the garden. And she is in the hospital in Houston right now fighting for her life on a ventilator. Okay? But she don't have that medication that they gave Donald Trump to help save his cornball ass. So I don't understand that. And this is when you, I go to God, and I'm like, God, I know that there's a reason that you take care of the just and the unjust. But how can these rich people who are tied in with the Trump people get a medication to help save them? And my friend is on a ventilator. Rich white I, people, because Herman Cain is gone. Herman Cain is gone. Yep. And he was right there with his mouth wide open at the Trump rally. And they didn't help him. And they he didn't gone. help him. Gone. He gone. So I don't I don't don't get me started today because you're gonna make me mess up my makeup because I'm gonna be crying and I'm gonna be mad. I, I don't I don't get it. I just no, she's not vaccinated, so yes, that's partially her fault. But hell, look what they helped them. They saved them. They saved them. So, you know, well, no, because we have this hierarchy that, you know, there are some people worth saving and some people don't. You know, the military was a great example of that. When I was in the military, you know, I was an NBC NCO. And so when you run into a chemical contaminated area, you have to make sure that the officers and the leadership are squared away. But you can sacrifice a lower enlisted soldier because they that's the type of value that they bring to the whole scheme of Ooh, things. That's but terrible. It is terrible, and I used to hate that. That was a part of training. But here's the bigger farce that's going on here, that the anti-vaxxers 
are using this as an example of, hey, this is the reason why the vaccine doesn't work. He was fully vaccinated, and he's gone. That he was scheduled to receive his third booster shot, uh, I think, a week before he passed away, a week after he passed away, I think so. But at the end of the day, you know, he had underlining conventions, I mean, uh, conditions. And I've always said to people, listen, nothing – yeah, he was. A, yeah, what those? That's a part of the conditions. He was. A, he was an older American. He was battling cancer, which no one knew. Kept that private out the press. So there were things yeah. that were already compromising his immune system. His wife also contracted COVID nineteen, but she's fine. So, but the anti-vaxxers are. They're hard at work. They're, they're they're hard at work putting out misinformation about Colin Powell. But, you know, Mr. Elias, I, look, man, I stuck my foot in the pool. I, I, I said what I was going to say. I, I just think that, you know, the, to me, you know, and I'm trying not to say it again, but I just think that, you know, if I – let me just say it this way. If I woke up the next day and they say that he's gone, I'd just keep drinking my cup of coffee and keep it moving. It wouldn't – I, I wouldn't wow. blink. Matter of fact, I may change that. I, I, I may put a little cognac in that coffee. I may put a little cognac in that coffee if I read that uh, – <laughs> headline. I, I'd take the step first. I'd be like, deuces. Bye, Felicia. Hey, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I, you know, this man... Because you're going to hell anyway. So that's, that's, you know, yeah. I'm trying not to go to hell. You're going anyway, so you don't care. Go ahead. Yeah, you and, do. Ain't yeah. got nothing to do with that. Hell, he didn't, he didn't forewarn us of this virus. It took my mother out. You think I give a damn? It took my mother out. You think I'm, I'm going to say, oh, no, he's gone. No, deuces. Bye, Felicia. Hell. <laughs> the same fate. You know, that can tell us, man. Look, this, 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 this guy, this guy, yeah, you think, you think well, he give a damn about what he's saying? I'm glad y'all are saying it because I don't want to have to ask forgiveness for saying it, so hallelujah. Oh, but you're thinking it. God knows it's in your heart, you're, you're so stop it. it. You, you, you can't run away you're from it. Stop. It. <laughs> it's in your heart, so stop. You're thinking it. But stop. <laughs> the bottom line is, hey, you know, what, what he said about Colin Powell was disgusting. It was. You know, he has no decorum. He has no sympathy for anybody except his damn self. So, do I give a damn about somebody like that? Hell to the no, Bobby. Hell to the no. I don't. <laughs> that, that, wow. just, just to sit there and talk about Colin Powell like that? Come on, man. See. This man was a See. great American. You know, he was. He, he was a great American, and he believed in the truth. Come on. Look. That's something Trump has never had the truth to tell the truth, man. So, bottom line, yeah. damn him. He, he, whatever. I'm, I'm well, well, see, well, see, and see, folks. This is a prime example of what happens. You know, I'm supposed to be the steady hand here, but you know, when we don't have, you know, when John's not here, when Jerome's not here, this is what we do. You know, we don't have the educated Jerome brother and, and, and the. And, and, oh, Jerome's, Jerome's here. here. Jerome's here. Oh, Jerome's here. Well, good morning, Jerome. Well, what's, what's happening? Well, good morning, Jerome. I mean, see, it's time. Okay, I'm straight up my collar. It's time for me to button my shirt down. There we go. We got a little bit of law and order in the house now because, uh, you know, no, you don't. what happens. Well, yeah, y'all forget who I was talking to. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Romy rolls in the house. Good morning, Jerome. Can you get that morning, please? Hey, I was waiting for Vanessa to save all of our souls today, so I'm worried about that later. Okay, well, you go ahead. The floor is yours, Jerome. Sorry, didn't know you were here, man. Go ahead. What what, what say you in regards to this trifling individual? No, luckily, I did not hear those comments, and so I don't want to hear them. But the thing is, is that we know that Donald Trump 
should not even be in a conversation of leadership at all. Boiled, rich, you know, just apathetical. Like, he's just not even a good human being to be leading a Boy Scout troop. I would not hire him to do jack, right? We all know that, right? So whoever is listening to this show who takes that man serious, I don't take you serious because this is – this is our problem in this country, or just generally, is that for some reason you can do all of these foul things, say all, say all of these foul things, and still people want to legitimize you for nonsense. Oh, our taxes are bad. Like, people are dogging Biden now. His poll numbers are going down for nonsense, for stuff that the GOP is doing. But they won't say nothing to Mitch McConnell. They're like, oh, you need to be better we, than that. <laughs> we so just talked you, about that during the first segment. We just talked about that. Go right, ahead, Jerome, so preach. Since, yeah, since, since you're not better, like, and this happens to black people all the time, mind you, is that white folks can do anything they want to us, but we need to take it on the chin, right? And we've all been in that situation. If white folks need some insight to being black, what happens is that white folks can mistreat you. You can get on a bus, a white person will steal your seat from you. And then the bus driver will be like, well, you just need to find someplace else to sit. Like, they will make us than the foul people who are in front of us. That's the privilege that that dude has. So I have no sympathy for him under no circumstances. Because I think that that will finally be our salvation in their wake-up call. Because you don't get to be foul to people and then have us be civil to you. Yeah, we are better than you. But the problem is, is that if you're going to be foul, fine. You need to be able to take it. So as Mitch McConnell and and Jim Jordan and all of those nuts, Steve Bannon, as they try to step into society and act like they're upstanding while they're doing foul stuff and killing folks on the other end with their policies, we need not respect them and let them have a respectable lunch, right? You don't get to come in my space and act like everything's cool when I know you're hurting my folks. So we need to maintain that. So if you're listening to the show, don't expect no sympathy over here from none of us. Because the one thing that we need to do is tell the truth, right? So for those of us who actually work in in, in environments that are um, diverse, which means black folks, you're not working around a bunch of other black folks, yeah, we respect your space. We're not going to burden you with that. But don't come in our space expecting us to bow down to you. It ain't that kind of party. So I don't I don't agree with that at all. That um, we need to be civil towards towards Trump. I would like to stop talking about him, but the truth is, he is so foul that we have to mention it. That's why exactly. when I do news, I tell some yep. stories that are kind of foul, and I don't really think they're appropriate just to be listening to. But you need to know that this is going on. Yep. we've been covering yep. for them fools long. Yep. You're right about that. I'm glad you said that, Jerome, because I, you know, I read some comments now. You know, y'all keep bringing me the news. No, we we try to educate y'all. Okay, I'm trying to pull comments down for the last segment of the show as you were speaking, and I'm reading some of this stuff. You know, we, we, at the end well, of the can day, I say this first? go ahead. Because because when somebody says that to you, that we keep bringing them up, is because mainstream media is trying to normalize his ass back into your consciousness, and if we don't say anything. Then we'll then you'll start to rationalize. Well, he had a better economy. He did this, and that's all lies, right? So the reason that we're bringing him up is because they are trying to normalize that dude. He's starting to do rallies again. 
He said he didn't just fade away. He talking noise every time somebody passes. We don't need to give him a pass, right? We need to right. give him the finger anytime that dude steps yep. out, up. If he shows his face, we need to bat him back down. Like what's that game? That game that the head pop up and you hit it down with a hammer. Whack a mole, whack a mole. Need to whack a mole his ass every time he steps his head up. Yeah, that's what, what Jerome just said. That, yeah, <laughs> what he said. There you go. All right, three four seven. <laughs> Sorry about that. It is. <laughs> no, 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 no. What he said. Yes, thank you. Three four seven <laughs> eight five zero one two seven two. It's just it's it's right. He's right. I mean, the bottom line is that we're not going to sit here and turn the blind eye to this fool. We're not going to sit here and run away from his stupid ass comments. We're going to out. We're going to put him out there and then change one mind. Hey, mission accomplished for the day because that's what this is all about. At the end of the day, it's all about trying to serve to our better angels. And at the end, we're tired of having to turn the, you know, turn the other cheek. We're getting tired of this nonsense. It's ridiculous that this continues we're, to happen. We are not the Obama. We do. There you go. Oh, woo! Woo! Well, we'll have Boy, I didn't, I didn't see that like, one coming. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to you act like that there's one. a higher plane to play on. You know that they're foul. So get a Halloween mask with Donald Trump or Steve Bannon, and walk around here and clown them fools like the clowns they are. No, you like better clowns. not get one to come to my house. <laughs> don't come to my house with <laughs> that Trump on. Don't don't no come. <laughs> you don't want no candy. You'll get something that my dog did earlier that day <laughs> in a nice, pretty wrapper. Don't come to my house with no, no Trump stuff on. Oh, my but God. Thank God you're going to be on a cruise ship on Halloween. Thank God. <laughs> oh yeah, thank you, Jesus. There you go. You're right about that. <laughs> don't come to my house dressed like no dang old Donald Trump. You're false all parts of your mind. And Mr. Elias, what's that? Michelle Obama said one thing, but what's what's your saying, Mr. Elias? Well, uh, well, well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go lower. They gonna go. I'm gonna go lower than they gonna go. Hell, damn that. I'm gonna go just as low as they lower. Lower than they gonna go. Damn that. <laughs> okay, you supposed Mm-mm. to say it like a little saying, you know? When they go, when they go low. We go lower. Yeah, I thought you were gonna. There you go. I thought he was gonna say something like that, but he messed it up anyway. All right, it is time for the second part two of Marietta Music's Corner. That's coming up next. Plus, the crowd is in the house, and we're not doing football picks because Johnny D's not here, and it's not fair. So we'll be right back. It's the serious side. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. We'll be right back after this. Don't you go anywhere. Dr. Emily Vincent, part of the clinical team at Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Louisiana. It's October, which is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Breast cancer is the most common cancer in American women, and it's the second leading cause of cancer deaths for women. The good news is there is great screening that can catch breast cancer early when treatment is most likely to be successful. Start with breast self-awareness. You know your body better than anyone. If you notice something unusual or different, talk to your doctor. And begin having mammograms when your doctor recommends them. Usually that's around age 40, but it can be different for everyone, depending on your health history and risk factors. Talk to your doctor or gynecologist about breast cancer screening and what you should do. It could save your life.
Welcome back. It is the bottom of the hour. You're listening to the serious side of the J-Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network Online Radio. At its best, 347-850-1272. That's the number to get in if you want to fit in. Let's say good morning to our peeps that's in the house. What's going on, Vanessa? Good morning. How are you? Good morning, good morning. I'll be on a ship in a week. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> All right. Smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Esprit is in the house. Good morning, Jerome. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm good. And and to um, Vanessa, I would sing that Gladys Knight, she leaving on that midnight train, but you're not going on the train. So I don't have no other... <laughs> Y'all have a song. <laughs> 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 Yo, man, listen. Is there a tease for today's show coming up after this show? Anything you wanna anything you wanna kind of bless us with a little bit before we get to that segment or what? Anything? Nope, I'm winging it. <laughs> oh, there it is. That's the tease. I'm, I'm winging it. No, we're swinging it. No, I, I don't. Nothing in particular, but we will talk about everything under the sun. Things that are in the news that you may have missed in your local news or your national news. So we just have some news for you. That's it. All right, there you go. That's coming up in about 30 minutes on a need-to-know basis with my main man, Mr. Jerome Spree, and that dude that's called Mr. Elias. Who gets the first and last word, by the way? Good morning, Mr. Elias. How are you? So good morning, good morning to you, my friend, and uh, good morning, uh, Kathleen Williams. Uh, good morning, Nessa. Uh, good morning, Rich Sister. Uh, good morning, Momo B. Uh, good morning, Mariana Music. And Mariana Music, that first one was Do You by Sue Lilly, and the next one was by Bob Baldwin, and the name of it is uh, Stand Tall uh, 3000, and good morning, my brother Hawkins. Good morning, my brother Jerome. All right. There. Uh, Mr. Elias, can we say hello to the people in the chat room, if you don't mind? Yes, sir. We have our very own Covina man in there with us and our very own... Covina. What's up, Jackie? What's going on? I haven't seen the yard jock in a minute. Matter of fact, I haven't seen Marianne music in a minute either. Mm, I'm going to worry about that. All right, passes in the house. Brian Keith. Uh, Chelsea, that's a pretty cool name. Larry, Larry Love is in the house. Larry Love, I'm going to give you that nickname, even though I don't do nicknames, but uh, I like you, Larry. Sabrina, Raymond, uh, just so many people. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. 347-850-1272. Like I mentioned, no football picks today because John's not here. We just want to make sure we make it an even playing field. Wait a minute. John's not here. You sure uh-huh. you don't want your numbers to be bad? You just don't want to tell us what your picks was last week? I'm just joking. And you know what, Jerome, nobody's talking to you. Poop your mic off. <laughs> All right, so uh, anyway. <laughs> you like, oh, what is that here? It ain't work. Hey, look, that was. Yeah, thank you. Woo, thank you, Jesus. All right, so anyway, the reason why Johnny's not here is because John, Vanessa, Johnny is celebrating something that, uh, I mean, every father who has daughters yeah. are looking forward to at some point. So I want to say congratulations to that dude and his beautiful congrats, family. Congrats. And, uh, me too. I am too. I'm just excited. So excited for what's going on. You, and, next, uh, you know, maybe Jay, one you day. Next. You next. Uh, no, next. Hey, look here. Look here. Let me tell you something. You tell you and Bobby Jones, Bobby Jones, no the hell I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I can't. Uh-uh. Ain't there yet. Ain't there yet. But congratulations to you, John. And uh, 
see your wife and your daughter, and it's just a beautiful thing, man. It's always great to extend that family. So, uh, may God bless you. All right. Trying to continue moving right along with the show. According to data by the CDC, emergency department visits for suspected suicide attempts between February and March of this year were up 51% for girls between 12 and 17 years old. Ziana's father says she was a student at Renaissance West Steam Academy in Charlotte. He says before taking her life, she was dealing with a lot of pressure in school. Now he's on a mission to save other parents the deep grief he's feeling. That grieving father spoke with WCNC Charlotte's Indira Esquiva. My daughter was a very loved child. She had a lot of uh, energy. Um, she had a lot of life in her, things to look forward to in the future. Juan Mason wants people to remember his daughter, 11-year-old Diana Pfeiffer, as someone who uplifted others full of love and big dreams. I never had no signs of her being under this pressure. Mason says despite spending quality time together with his daughter doing things like homework and playing tennis, she didn't show signs she was struggling. And so as we don't start an uh, investigation with it, we're just now finding out a lot of stuff that's coming to surface and um, we're learning about it now, things that she was going through in school, dealing with certain individuals or whatever. Mason says because the case is under investigation, he doesn't want to go into details on what Zayana faced, but he does want to share this important message with parents. And the main thing for us is just to basically look besides the symbols of if they're depressed or if they're going through things, anything that changed the normal pattern of the things that they do at home, pay attention to it. The grieving father hopes sharing his daughter's story will save other children. Deanna uh, Pfeiffer, 11 years old, she was a uh, sixth grade student at the Renaissance West Sea uh, Academy in Charlotte before taking her life. Uh, what a sad story, 347-850-1272. Wanted to spend a portion of the show to kind of highlight the story, but look at the bigger picture and the bigger platform. Because this is we were talking about, how John is celebrating uh, a very important event in his life with his daughter, there are some people who are grieving for the loss of their children uh, due to bullying. And we talked about the importance of online. Uh, uh, we talked about social media. We talked about Donald Trump's social media. But we talk about the fact that, and I guess Donald Trump's um, uh, social media page <clears throat> kind of plays along with this, Jerome, because, you know, we live in a different world now. Uh, and parents need to take heed to things that are going on with their children. You know, my daughter's an introvert. She loves staying in her room, so I have to go in there and make sure she's okay. But, you know, people can reach your kids all over this world. You don't know what they're dealing with at school. You don't know if they're being bullied online. I remember we did a story a few years back about how this guy was you know, on Facebook, and he was saying how his life was this and that. And people were saying, you know, well, just shoot yourself. And he killed himself live on Facebook, and and people were egging him on to do it. It's just another reminder of the world that we live in. But most importantly, for uh, you know parents and you know uncles and nephews and you know people, uncles and aunts and grandparents have to pay attention to the warning signs. If you have a child that may be getting bullied at school, man, give me your comments on this uh, just tragic yeah. story. You know, I, I can tell you this is one of um, 
many reasons, I mean, my humanity is intact, but this is one of many reasons why no matter who crosses my path during the day, I'm usually really kind to them, especially if they're kids, right? You know, I, I remember, you know, just generally going through a grocery store, and I remember saying to this um, little, this kid who was working there that, um, you know, I noticed how her disposition was when I when I came up, and I said, people don't talk to you, do they? Like, she was like, you know, good morning or whatever, and people just flat ignore her, right? You don't know what's going on in that child's life when she's at school. You don't know what's going on at home. And if you keep getting ignored during your day and just feel like you're invisible, no matter how many people are around you, you're going to feel some kind of way. I would never, and I know in my own recollection of my childhood, I don't remember any, there's nothing that I remember that scars me from my childhood. But I can tell you this, I would not do it over again. That's so volatile, like it's so hit or miss as a child of how you're treating, how your peer group works, whether you're invited to a party. Like people, I don't remember even that stuff back then, but I know in, if I was in junior high or high school, I would feel some kind of way about being shunned by my peers. And with social media, this stuff lives on. At least people will forget that, you know, you lost your shoe or whatever, like petty stuff that happens to you at a young age. They'll forget when you get older. But you need older folks who tell those kids, this, ain't, this is not the end of the world. You won't even remember half of these fools <laughs> after you get, to, you know, once you go to college. You won't remember your high school, the friends you might, but everybody else, you won't remember them. They need guidance. You cannot leave kids off on their own and let them raise themselves. So when you start dealing with this stuff, you have to remember you have to spend time with folks um, in the moment. Don't, figure, don't try to make time for anybody. When they're in your presence, talk to them because you can still save somebody's life that you don't know. It, they don't always have to look up for their peers. So this is tough for me to even talk about just because I don't I don't understand people. Our humanity sucks when it comes to crossing people's paths. You need to understand that some people are going through some stuff. And especially with the pandemic stuff, people are isolated so they're only on the internet. You know, find something to do outside of the internet, but that does not help you with your peer group. Be easy on the on, on kids. That's well said, Jerome. Uh, Vanessa, give me your thoughts please on this. Just a horrific story. Well, Mr. Elias, what about you? Your thoughts on this horrific story? Look, man, the world we live in is horrible and it's ratchet. When you are bullying a kid, come on, man. You know, I remember back in the day we got bullied, but it, 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 we never had social media. Where it just it just they just pound and pound and pound on this is just ridiculous, man. For for you know us to live in a society where we're not loving kids, where the kids not loving each other, man. You know, 
Miss Elias, let's stop for a second. You said something that really resonated with me, and I want to expound on it, if, if you don't mind. You talked about how we got bullied back in the day. And there were times, you're right, where we had to change our pathway home because we knew that somebody mm-hmm. was waiting around the corner to do. Or, you know, remember that infamous statement? Yeah, you're going to get it on the last day of school because, you know, the last day of school yeah. means that you can get beat down and you won't face any consequences of school the next day. But you said something that I thought was profound because people could – and the reason why I want to highlight this, I don't want it to go by, and I want you to finish your statement, but I want to make sure that we emphasize this point here, is that you have some old school parents out there who may be thinking like, well, I got bullied. They should be able to deal with it. The difference is is that if you missed that bully on the last day of school, you probably didn't see that person again until the first day of school the following year. Social media, there's no place to run, right? It's, it comes to your house. It's on your phone. It's on your tablet. So you can't run because these people have access to you 24-7 a day if your kid is on one of these platforms that are mm-hmm. bullying children. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're 100% right. I mean, the bottom line is, man, the, you know, the, the, you know people understand that mental health is, is, is it's a serious disease, man. It is a very serious disease. And for you to sit there and act like, you know, back in my day, I got bullied, no big deal. No, man, it's, it's an entirely different game today, man. It is. You know, you got, you, got, you know, people, they had a girl on trial I was watching on court TV. Well, this girl was dating this guy, and she convinced him to kill herself, man. And, and you know, he went in the garage, and he, he, he sat in the car, and he said, you know what? This ain't worth it. I'm finna get out the car. And she said, "No, stay in there. You've been talking about killing yourself. Kill yourself. How? How? How can you not have any humanity to say what can I do to save this person's life? How do you? How bad do you have to, a person? You have to be where you don't care if somebody dies to uh, that that that's a child, a minor. You know how bad do you have to be? That you are they're telling somebody to kill themselves. You know, I, I, like Biggie said, when you when you die, ain't no coming back from that. It's over. You know. But hey, man, you know, there's too many big, there's too many bullies in the world. There is. And I don't care how strong of a mind you got. If somebody is putting pressure on you every day, you're going to react in one or two ways. You're going to you're going to either do something to get away from it. Or you're going to do something to hurt that bully. That's the only two ways you're going to react. And here's the other to this. I'm not sure if the death is back yet. Um, here's the I'm other here. piece. I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead, Vanessa. Give me your thoughts on the story. I'm not even sure. Did you hear the story? I did most of it. I did, okay. but you know what? Okay. I think it is, give, it give. is really sad. Um, well, let me say this. Jay, that is, you are a really good parent that you are observant where you realize that your child is an introvert. And so you have to go in there to check on that child and make sure that that child is okay because that child stays in the room. I do wish that more parents were like you. I know people work and don't always have time to, and they have more than one child or whatever, and they don't really have time to do it. But it is so important that we keep an eye on our children. What they're reading, what they're doing, even if it doesn't take the 15 minutes out of our day, 
because they just they want somebody to come and sit next to them and talk to them and ask them, is, how was your day? Who did you talk to today? Did anything happen that I need to know about? Uh, a lot of that would really help our children today. So, yeah, I heard the conversation, and I think it's really sad. It is, uh, it, it is really sad. And on, and on that note, we're going to step out. We'll be right back after this. This message comes from NPR sponsor, REI Co-op. An inclusive outdoor culture may feel far away, but thanks to many organizations, it gets closer every day. Find out how you can be a part of creating a more welcoming outdoor culture at REI.com slash outside. The National Hurricane Center says Hurricane Rick is moving toward Mexico's Pacific coast with maximum sustained winds of 85 miles an hour and is forecast to quickly develop into a major hurricane. James Frederick reports from Mexico City authorities are preparing for its arrival. Mexican authorities are asking citizens along the coast of Guerrero, Michoacan, and Colima states to reinforce their homes and move to higher ground as Hurricane Rick is spinning towards the coastline. They're also preparing emergency shelters. Rick is expected to hit the Mexican coast early Monday, somewhere between the port city Lázaro Cárdenas and the beach resort Manzanillo. The U.S. Hurricane Center expects Rick to bring winds as high as 120 miles an hour. It could dump as much as 20 inches of rain along the mountainous coast. Authorities are warning of flash floods and mudslides. For NPR News, I'm James Frederick in Mexico City. Drinks all around at the Heaven Hill Distillery in Bardstown, Kentucky. After 420 striking workers ratified a new contract with Heaven Hill, the company is the fourth largest spirit supplier in the United States among its brands, Elijah Craig, Evan Williams, and Henry McKenna. Hundreds of members of the United Food and Commercial Workers Local walked out six weeks ago in a dispute over health care and worker scheduling. In recent days, the bourbon producer indicated it was ready to start hiring permanent replacement employees for bottling and warehouse operations. By week's end, the union local had voted to ratify a new agreement. I'm Luis Schiavone at PR News, Washington. The news moves fast. Listen to the NPR News Now podcast to keep up. We update stories as they evolve every hour. So no matter when you listen, you get the news as close to live as possible on your schedule. Subscribe to or follow the NPR News Now podcast. All right, folks, it's time for uh, State Your Case. Pastor Steve, State Your Case, and uh, where we read comments from the world-famous chat room and from social media. Mr. Elias, man, do you have anything you want to share with, with us this morning? Yeah, I got Kavina Man in here. Kavina Man says, young black people under 30 are just as misinformed as a lot of these QAnon people. Young people watch TikTok videos all day, and elderly black people speak too much, spend too much time with their white Trump friends. That's a good point. Yep. I like the way you said that. Yep. Absolutely. And I, and I think that was in regards to the first segment that we were talking about. I have a few here uh, I need to read. Uh, most of them are coming in here uh, real late, so I'm trying to pull some in. All right, so uh, Pastor Steve says, Peace and Blessings, family. Jay, not only are we going to pray for you, but for the whole family. Colin Powell's great American, and for Donald Trump to make these disgusting comments were just disgraceful. I pray for this nation as it continues to heal from this from the stench of this despicable man. God bless. Wow, those are powerful words, Pastor. Uh, Larry from Las Vegas. Uh, I'm sorry, Raymond 
No, Larry from Las Vegas. He says, good morning, family. Please disregard my previous comments about the no-hitter. Uh, I am hurt to hear the story about young Diana. Uh, may God bless her and her family during this most difficult time. Uh, Raymond from Pittsburgh saying, rest in peace, sweet princess. Sabrina from San Antonio says, um, it says, parents, please pay attention to your children, the ones who are being bullied the ones who are bullying others. It goes both ways. Well said, Sabrina. You need to know what your kids are doing. So please take heed to that. And uh, just other comments, just the story, this last story really resonated with a lot of people. So a lot of those comments are just saying rest in peace or rest in heaven. So appreciate your participation uh, as we move forward. On the show. Online radio at its best. All right. Starting final thoughts. And uh, Vanessa... Your first, sweetie, final thoughts. Okay, so somebody walked past me and said that self-esteem has a big role also in this, and that is very true. So if we give our children a, a bit of confidence that they are worthy, that that also will help them not to go and listen to other people because we're instilling such good things into their hearts and into their minds. So I agree with that. The next thing is I'm going to pray to those people on that ship I ain't rocking and rolling with that storm and the water, and I'm going to pray that it, uh, we have calm seas all the way to police. So, guys, I just mm-hmm. want to say y'all have a blessed week. Get packing, and Jay, I got Dramamine with your name on it, because we all taking a Dramamine. Boy, get busy. A whole bottle of
Um, but they, they're not progressive at, at all. But you do not want the Trump people. So everybody um, just pay attention and have a good week. That's good stuff, man. Appreciate you saying that. It's always good to see President Obama out there remind you of better days. All right, Mr. Elias, man, final thoughts. Well, my final thoughts are this, folks. I'll say this every week. Contact Joe Manchin at Christmas Cinema every day. Contact him and let him know you need, we need to pass the Build Back Better bill. And we need to pass the uh, Voting Rights Act bill and the John Lewis bill. We need to get all these things passed and stop playing around with Because right now you're talking about ending our democracy because the way the Republican Party is planning this thing out, they're trying to tell you that if you vote a certain way and they don't like the way you vote, they don't have to go with it. And so what, what's fair about that? Now, they, I, they, they gerrymandered every damn district that they could. Now they're saying, hey, even if you win with, with us cheating that way, we're going to go this way to cheat. So, folks, get off your lazy asses and, and call these people. Call them and let them know that you're tired of their crap and let them know that it needs to happen. They need to pass the voting rights bill. They need to pass this bill back better bill so we can at least and tell Christmas Cinema to stop protecting the corporation. And they're very wealthy. So let them, let them tax them. Hell, it ain't gonna hurt their damn pockets. Hell, they're going up, they're going up in all these rocket ships anyway. So let let go and attack their ass. Good stuff, Mr. Elias. You know, the last segment we talked about the suicide of the young girl that passed away from being bullied, and it was a story that really kind of resonated with me, and it really touched me in a certain way because, although thank God I've never had to face that possibility. There were times where uh, two of my children were thinking about it. And as a parent, one of the most helpless feelings you have in the world is knowing that your child is thinking about taking their own lives. You have to start going back and thinking about the things that you didn't do or what signs that you missed. Uh, you know, what's the blueprint to being a perfect parent? There, there's nothing uh, out there saying what you have to do to do as adults when it comes to parenting. You just have to do the very best you can and hope that that's good enough. So I, I pray for that family. I, I grieve with that father. And the reason why it resonates because it could have been me. It could have been me. And uh, that's something that's hard to live with. And even the thought of it, you know, really gets me to a point where it's like, wow, that's unfortunate. Praying for the family and we hope that, uh, you know, there are better days ahead for her family and for the father and the mother as well. And on, a, on that note, Mr. Elias, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, what time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the Jay Rowe Show. Folks, it's been a pleasure to serve you as always. And I want to say what's up to my boy Rob Smooth. So for Vanessa, for Johnny, for my main man, Jerome, and Mr. Elias, I'm Jay Riles saying have a wonderful work week. And remember, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, it is the serious side of the Jay Riles Show. Coming up next on the Need to Know Basis with the very distinguished Jerome Spring. We'll talk to you next week, folks. God bless. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Dazzles on election night in a Tell me what do you want me to do? Allegedly, to the United States of America. 
right, folks, it is time for all the need to know basis with my main man, Mr. Jerome Spree. Jerome, man, what do you have on the agenda this morning, sir? Well, you know, I I, I think I wanted, I was going to start with football picks, but since we didn't do that, I'm just <laughs> I have, did not have football picks. All right, so um, there was something I wanted to start with, and I can't even remember what it was. It had nothing to do with our news, but it was something I wanted to say to Jay before he left, and I can't even remember what it was. I'll talk about you behind your back, Jay, so I want to let you know that. And, and I'm also, you know, working with the research department. You know, we haven't done a uh, little black history in a while, have we? Mm-hmm. No, no, we haven't. Okay, okay. So we'll we'll get on there. We'll have we'll have one next week. But I didn't I didn't have one on a you know, in the hopper for us. So we'll do that next time. So, you know, I wanted to say oh, I know what it was. I wanted to talk about um Colin Powell, right? So if you don't know, Colin Powell was the first black secretary of state. They're saying he died of COVID complications on Monday despite being fully vaccinated. Now he was eighty four, but doctor says that his age and his battle with blood cancer and Parkinson's attributed, yep. you know, to the heightening risk of his death, right? So right. Paul was immunocompromised um, from being treated for um, have, having cancer treatment. And studies have shown that cancer patients are less likely to mount an immune response when vaccinated compared to healthy patients. So older people mm-hmm. are at risk for severe infection due to having less robust immune system than younger adults. So the COVID vaccines are still more than 90% effective against severe de- disease and death, with fewer than 0.01 of those breakthrough infections, people dying. So stop using Colin Powell as an example of COVID. When someone passes and say, oh, see, Colin Powell died and he was vaccinated, he had other stuff going. So, you know, I want to make sure that, you know, we I followed up on that because I know how that goes. And I'm I would hear people talk about that in news headlines saying that he died of covid complications. Yeah, he had up complications for some other stuff. So it left him vulnerable. Now. I missed this last time, but the World Health Organization honored um, the life of Henrietta Lacks. Now, if you, if you don't yeah. know, yes, she was dubbed the mother of modern medicine. Lacks is the he lacks, Henrietta Lacks, those cells that they use to um, develop treatments. She died in 1951, um, but I guess her, in her legacy, she saved millions of lives just from her DNA. So before she passed... Yeah, but they're, they're ripping that family off because they've made billions and billions of dollars off of yeah. her, and they have yet to give that family a dime. One thin dime off of that. They're stealing for yeah, they're, yeah, they're suing. They're suing right now, but they've been suing for a while. Yeah. You know, and I, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking myself, why are you not giving this... This, this is this woman's DNA. And all these white folks that hate black folks, guess what? Have you been vaccinated? You got a little black in you right now. <laughs> Take that in. Take that in. I will let that marinate. Let that let that sink yeah. in right now. <laughs> but, yeah, so, so before she passed, she passed at age 31. Doctors collected sample cells from her body without her family's consent. And mm-hmm. her family 
still seeking comp- um, compensation. However, the sales are the first to live um, in, um, in, and, and multiply outside of the body. Mm-hmm. So that's why they, mm-hmm. they call it the um, immortal sales of Henrietta Lacks because her cells are not dying. They're still multiplying. Mm-hmm. And um, it led to medical breakthroughs in polio, um, HPV vaccines, just millions of people's lives are probably saved because of Henrietta, Henrietta Lacks' genes. Now, her um, mm-hmm. 87-year-old son, Lawrence Lacks, is one of her five children who was just 17 when she died. He received that award on her behalf and, um, in a ceremony in, Geli- in Geneva, Switzerland. Um, the cells were sent to a laboratory where they were found to be the first living human cells to ever su- survive and multiply outside the body. And that's why they came up with the immor- immor- immortal cells. And um, they're called the HeLa cells. And um, it's the first two letters of her first and last name, if you don't know. But, yeah, that is mm-hmm. a, that's another story of using black people's bodies to experiment on and, and then act like everything's okay. Mm-hmm. You know? So we can say a lot of things about European culture generally. But yes, black people do not, we, we do not believe in, um, in desecrating um, our bodies when, when people pass. Like that really? doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, I don't even know where to go for that. I, and I do have another story to follow up, but we'll go to that later. So first, I just want to say, you know, what, the weather systems um, have returned uh, for the second consecutive year that can bring 32 inches of snow in New York City and worse drought in California. So it's called La La Nina, right? It returned to the Pacific Ocean for the second consecutive year. And they said it will bring rainstorms to the northwest, dry conditions along the southwest, and above average snowfall to the northeast. So we are probably going to have some bad snow this year on on my side Mm. of the country. Um, But droughts are there and everybody's like up oh, you know the Trump folks of the world are like they're making up this global warming thing and it's going to happen anyway and well you're contributing to it buddy so we're going to see yeah, how your drought is sure. for you yeah. it, you know and it, and it reminds me of like the floods and stuff in Houston and you know when they had bad weather the, the reason that Houston floods so much is because developers actually um developed over their wetlands. Houston would not flood if they would have had some kind of regulations on where they could develop. But since they put concrete and covered up their wetlands, technically that water has to run off someplace. So, Dude, I, 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 I always trip when I go to Houston and I, we drive down the highway and there's like a slope that you go down and it's like uh-huh. 20 feet and there's like water markers there. I'm like, why is there more water markers? Because their water can get that deep. I'm like, oh, damn. Really? Wow. Yep. And and I can tell you that I I was in um in Katy when my one of my cousins first moved out to Katy. I mean, it was nothing out there, literally nothing. Just you know, grass and brush and wild boar. Right? They still have wild wild boar out there, but nothing. Mm. About five or ten years later, it is it, all of it's developed, all of it, and it's like their wetlands are mm. just, just 
once they cover them up, it's just concrete. It's like covering the pool, mm. right? And so yeah. water just runs downhill. So if you live in a low-lying area, that's just going to rush to you. So once they start mm. doing that to the, you know, it's like New Orleans. That's why those marshlands and stuff are important, and people don't get it. They're like, oh, mm-hmm. we should just develop this because it's better for our tax base. It's like, no, but you're going to you're gonna kill all these people in a minute from mm. being up on the corner. Yeah. Really? Now, um, fossil fuel production around the world has more than doubled what is currently allowed under the Paris Agreement, if you remember that, and those nuts wanted to get out of it. Countries are producing twice mm-hmm. the amount of um, coal, 60% more oil that was set by the 2015 um, climate pact, even as um, industrialized nations promote climate change policies, their plans for fossil fuel extraction more than doubled. You know, it's funny, like, mm. again, and I, I want to tell you this, that is probably because the administration that was for the before the Biden administration, I'm not going to even say their names, I'm tired of them, but that administration, they were so foul when they deal with, with climate and oil and all of that stuff that other countries was probably like, the United States ain't adhering to it, we not. So nobody would adhere to the agreement when the big countries are not adhering to it. So this wow. is not a surprising story either. But you know, um, I know we just did this about you know, the teenage suicide and bullying, but drug overdose deaths in the United States reached a high, a record high of $96,000 during the first 12 months of the COVID pandemic. That's according Mm. to the CDC. So between March 2020 and March 2021, the U.S. recorded a record high of 96,779 overdose deaths um, that's a new CD, that the new CDC data has shown, and that's a 29.5 percent increase from the 74,679 recorded in the previous 12 months. So, but we knew that was something, you know, that whole opioid stuff before the pandemic. And imagine when everybody's isolated. You know, I guess the I was going to say I guess drug dealers didn't take a break, but I guess you can make opioids at home too, right? Like that's uh, really, yeah. Wow. I, you know, I didn't realize this until I went to get some drain cleaner, like to unclog the sink, and they were locking them up. And I said, "Why are you guys locking up? You know, drain cleaner?" And they said, "People mm-hmm. use that to make crystal meth." To make meth. Yep. 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 Mm-hmm. I'm like, I never watched Breaking Bad and all of them shows, so I don't really know how you pick that stuff. But apparently. <laughs> You know, I see why people are getting sores on their faces and all that stuff from drugs. Why would you put drain cleaner in your body? Again, no judgment. Dude, I just don't know what they mean. They are really hyped up. If you ever seen somebody on crystal meth, it, mm-hmm. it is unbelievable. They 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 bite. They like they bite their teeth and they 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 making twitching. It's like crazy. Like what the hell? It's crazy. Yeah, I I would assume that that would happen if you were ingesting drain cleaner. <laughs> like I'm like I don't know what's going on, mm-hmm. with you, but I don't know what that does. But that just seems like a bit much. Now there's a, a sharp rise in gun violence in the U.S. during the during the pandemic last year too. Now that's another study. Researchers from Pennsylvania State College at of Medicine at Hershey found a 30 percent increase in gun related injuries and deaths during the pandemic 
compared to 2019. Additionally, 49 of 50 states saw a spike in gun violence, and only Alaska recorded a decrease during the mm. first year of the pandemic. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. let me get this straight. During the last administration, when people were buying up all those weapons, and then people are doing a lot of drugs, and now they're getting paranoid that we have higher gun violence. See how that's, mm. see how that's working itself together? <laughs> like exactly. All, all these stories kind of can be one story. More drugs, more guns, more violence. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, I missed this story last week, but the film and television um, union representing 60,000 employees reached an agreement with producers um, they were gonna they were gonna strike because again really yeah like okay so we have these companies and corporations for years since the Reagan years have been promoting you just need to take a job and just be happy that you have a job so all of the executives are making all of this money do you know how much it costs to make a, a, a movie in Hollywood now there's no reason that the employees um, of creating those sets and working behind the camera, there's no reason for them to be making pennies on the dollar. You know, when exactly. you got the, the, the star of the movie making $20 million and you won't give your um, mm-hmm. employees coffee. You're like, y'all got to bring y'all yeah. home. Yeah. So their union needed to step up and be like, okay, y'all can't keep crying broke while you got somebody on the set making $50 million to make this movie. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And, and and by the time you get through putting it through the movies and all the other stuff, all you're going to make off of it, plus all your back-end deals, you're going to go with, with uh, coming to videos and stuff, stop. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Marketing money that you're going to spend, they pay employees like crap in this country. And that's why when I keep seeing these news stories where they're saying, oh, we have all these jobs and people don't want to work. People don't want to work for $2.35. Who wants mm-hmm. to work? at a restaurant making $2 plus tips when that's a false premise that they needed to be that low. They're just making really? the restaurant more really? money. And when the mm-hmm. restaurant says, well, they would say like, um, y'all running outside of business because we can't, we can't get employees. It's like, yeah, you can't get slave labor. Get over it. <laughs> Hail back. Really? You know, mm-hmm. there's a reason mm-hmm. why, you know, you know, you're you you're pocketing all this money is because you're not paying your workers. So I exactly. I'm happy about the fact that we're finally turning the corner that people are respecting unions again because they really need to. Yeah. Because they they have because the unions they they're down that they, they uh the uh the number of union market- workers are down. Yeah. Yeah. They're down. They've been marketing against unions for a long long time. For years. Mm-hmm. They just kind of been beating that drum. And people have negative impressions of unions, but unions are helpful when you get, I think, you know, the Carnegie's and Rockefeller's and these guys who had these big companies were like, oh, we ain't paying y'all nothing. People are dying in coal mines mm-hmm. and all that or working in factories. You know, the, the, the um, what was it? Those labor laws that they put, remember they used to have, well, it wasn't during our lifetime, but when they when the early, I don't know, 50s or so, or 40s and all of that time, they actually had children, like, 
11 years old mm-hmm. working in sweatshops. What? Like, you could put mm-hmm. any kid in there. Until they put those labor laws in there, they would work anybody to death and just replace them with somebody else. So, again... They, they still do, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> right, I that's what I'm... Who, I had right. a co-worker who just passed away, man, and a week later they put his job right on there and then they're like, come on back, you know. He died, and it, it, I'm telling you, it wasn't even five days later, they put his job on the internet and gave yep. his truck away. It was like crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, my barber said that one time to me um, uh, years ago. He said, you know, he said, I cut a lot of people here, you know, kind of who work for the plant, um, for one of the factories here. And he goes, they, people retire in less than a year, they die after they retire. He said, because mm-hmm. I think the yep. chemicals and stuff they'd be getting in those plants. Like, once they get out of it, he said, I think their body just kind of deteriorates on them. Mm. But they work, wow. you work yourself to death. But he said, I can, he said, yeah, my barber, it wasn't that it was our age group, but my barber would cut people when they passed away. But he would just be like, okay. Like, so he does some of that stuff. But he said, yeah, you'll be amazed at the people. As soon as they retire, something happens to them. Wow. Now, I don't doubt it. Yep. Now, unvaccinated Americans are 11 times more likely to die from COVID and six times more likely to be infected than people who are vaccinated. Now, in August, the CDC released a report that, um, well, they released this report on Thursday, but this is from on um, an August um, finding. And they said that they they show that unvaccinated Americans are 11 times more likely to die. And I'm six times more likely to be affected. So Mm, mm, mm. now now hospitalization of COVID-19 patients um, paid up to $4,000 of out of pocket costs, despite insurance companies having waivers for virus related treatment. Mm. That's according to another study. Really? University of Michigan found that more than half of the private insurance patients paid out of pocket Four thousand dollars, despite it being covered, and there a waiver in place, which means wow, those companies, those companies should be fined, right? So they're gouging. They know they got yeah. a waiver. Yeah. Yeah. They know yeah. the government's reimbursing them, right? Yeah. So even when you go get treatment mm. now, they act like they don't have a treatment at the hospital. It's just because your doctor has to approve it, or your insurance won't cover it. So you have to ask. So some of the monoclonal wow. treatments, if you get early COVID and you find out really early within the first three weeks of having COVID, go to the hospital, tell them you have COVID and you're requesting treatment because the government has already paid for it. Now, I don't know if you remember, wow. but it was like four months ago, President Biden comes out on TV and says, we are not moving any treatment. I think they paid for like maybe 10 million doses, but they said people are not requesting the treatment for COVID. It's because yeah, your doctor... I heard about that. Yeah. Yeah, so that's how shady that industry is. And if your doctor doesn't doesn't say it, your insurance company won't get it, but the government is providing it for free. But you have to almost ask them, which is sad and sick. Again, now, Delta Airlines is the only U.S. airline that has publicly and at a corporate level 
went against the um, mandate for companies with 100 or more employees to get vaccinated. Hmm. So their CEO, Ed um, Bastin, said on Saturday mm-hmm. that allowing his workers to choose whether they get the coronavirus vaccine has proven effective, and 90% of the employees have already received the shot, and um, he expects to raise that number another 5% within the next month, regardless of the vaccine mandate. He said, we're, pro- we're proving that you can work collabor- co- collaboratively with your people trusting that your people make the right decision, expecting their decisions, um, and respecting their decisions, <laughs> not forcing them over the loss of their job. Mm-hmm. Now, he said this on Fox. Okay. So let me tell you this. If I bring my ass on Delta Airlines and I get coronavirus, I am suing Delta. Yeah. You know how you get a company to change their mind? Their employees, they're you responsible for their employees. So if their employees yeah. affect you, infect you, sue Delta. Try that on for size for, hey, it's your choice, and we don't have to do this. That's why companies mm-hmm. are making, I know, a, a, you know, a few RNs that are saying, okay, I do not want to get vaccinated. And I had a conversation with someone a few days ago who works for an organization that deals with seniors. And, and she was like, I just do not want to get vaccinated. And I had a long conversation with her, and I said, get vaccinated, right, because this is not this is a pandemic this is an emergency so if you can infect someone else your company is a liable it's like you know any other business you go through a car wash right and they scratch your car i don't care what kind of sign they have posted saying that you can't sue me you can sue them <laughs> right you your intent yeah. was to get your car cleaned and not not scratched so no matter what they tell yeah. you you him. So sue Delta Airlines from him being a smart ass to sue him. All right. Yeah. Now, the FDA approved a booster shot of the Moderna and, and Johnson & Johnson and says that COVID vaccines can be mixed. So the U.S. Food and Drug Administration authorized that booster shot uh, for the Moderna and Johnson & Johnson vaccines. Um, for, for Pfizer... I think they're not requiring a booster shot yet, but um, for Moderna and Johnson Johnson, go get a booster. All right, now a Virginia couple in their 40s who refused pleas from their family to get vaccinated, you know the end of this story, because they read misinformation online, they passed away from the disease within two weeks of each other, leaving behind five children and an infant grandson. So, wow. I like the way they paraphrase them. They're like high school sweethearts. They're still trying to paint them in a certain picture, but I'm not going to even say their names. They said that they regretted they regretted not taking the vaccine just before they died, according to their bereaved loved ones. And um, they had um, their, I guess it's their daughter. Oh, no, no. The, the mother who died declined to get the shot, even though... She had diabetes, um, and her son said that her his father called him up and said, uh, "No, I'm sorry." After the fact, she called her own um, her husband called his mom, right? So he died, but he called his mother and said, "Mom, I love you. I wish I got the shot." 
is what he told his mother before he died. Mm. See, you hear enough of these stories, you're like, why are people not getting the shot? Why are you still being stubborn? Right? People are dying, and they know they made the mistake when they're dying, but they're like, I'll take a chance. I ain't going to get it. You know? Now, an unvaccinated Tennessee woman, this and other sad news, an unvaccinated Tennessee woman died from COVID a month after a month-long battle with the virus because she was pregnant. And it required her to give a premature um, birth. So the baby made it. But Amanda Perry of Tennessee, she's 36, Dixon County, Tennessee, succumbed to the virus on Monday, according to her family. And she had not been um, immunized against the, vi- against the virus and reportedly planned to get the shot, you know, after she gave birth. So here's what's going on. Mm. Pregnant women are among the least vaccinated population in the U.S., despite being amongst the group with the highest risk of severe, severe illness and death from COVID. Now, I don't know how I feel about mm. this. That's why I feel really bad for her that if someone was pregnant, I wouldn't say get the vaccine, but people are dying mm-hmm. to give birth because your immune system is, you know, protecting the baby, right? So if you yeah. get something, it's not protecting you as well. So she gave birth mm-hmm. to a healthy baby, but she died. Now, this is like the third one that I can remember that this happened to, that someone really? gave birth and died yep, from COVID. Because mm-hmm. they're saying that that's the lowest group. Um pregnant women to get vaccinated they're the least the least vaccinated group is pregnant women mm. but i don't know if anybody having a bad outcome that was vaccinated and who was pregnant either right so they mm. you can't say hey this person got vaccinated and this happened and here was their symptoms they we have none of that but we have had the opposite unvaccinated pregnant women have died um and gave birth now you know, they said that unvaccinated Americans are more likely to die from non-COVID causes than those who got their shot. So the vaccination is helping your immune system generally across the board. So if you can get your, um, your um, you know, T-cells and all of that stuff up, it's going to fight against other things as well. So they're saying if you're vaccinated, because I, I, honestly, I am not getting a flu shot. I never get a flu shot. But... Since, you know, if you're vaccinated, it probably will help fight against the flu as well. Because your immune system is going to be able to attack anything that comes into it. All right. Yeah. So New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio announced that all city workers, including firefighters and cops, must get at least one vaccination dose by November 1st to be paid on unpaid leave. So you know who's fighting them? The police department. Now, here's why I like this, because nobody covers this story from this angle. But here's my problem with the police department. So you're in charge of enforcing law. But when a law comes that you don't like, you don't want to do it. How's that going to work? They should comply. They should comply like they tell us to. Exactly. That is my point. Every time I see police union, it's like, we're not doing it. And I'm like, aren't you breaking the law? Like, isn't They're doing the same thing in Chicago. Yeah, isn't it? I thought about Chicago, right? Like, when you take the oath as an officer, and I don't know this, I'm going to have to ask a police officer this. When you take the oath, aren't you taking the oath 
to enforce the law? Yep. So how can you break the law when you're enforcing it? They're going to have to work that out. So, hmm. so the police union should literally be able to say, you know, we have nothing against this. You can get fired. You're breaking laws that you're supposed to be enforcing. Mm-hmm. So, They're not know, doing I, that, though. No, I think because nobody yeah, thinks I don't think they think of it that way. But I think we need to put that on everybody's conscience. That if you, and again, if a police officer gives me COVID, I am suing the city. Because you're, yeah. resp- you're responsible. They, they take on the responsibility if you're wearing a uniform that you're representing the city. So if the city is saying we are going to be safe in handling our citizens and you don't want to get shot, just take your leave, unpaid leave of absence. Because what? it's not going to get better. Stop complaining. You like don't the Kyrie Irving. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, yeah. Kyrie Irving is going to get paid like almost half his salary. Yeah. But, again, I don't want to punish Kyrie Irving for what he's, what he's doing. But I'm saying if yeah, you choose not to, you need to take it on the chin. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I, I remember... I worked at this company, and the and I had a relative pass. My my cousin passed, so you know bereavement stuff in companies is like has to be immediately immediate family of mother, father, brother, sister kind of thing, husband, well, husband, wife, that kind of thing. So they said, well, it's your cousin, so that you know we can't do that. And I'm like, give it unpaid. I don't give a damn. I'm not coming in. Really? Whatever, right. <laughs> whatever you need to do. You'll not have to pay me, but I can tell you this, I'm not going to be there, right? What? And so if you have a policy, you just need to take it on the chin because I did not care. So I wouldn't complain. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to fight it, and I'm not going to lie. Just give me the time off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That's now, how I feel. Yep. I, I feel exactly the same way. Now, um, President Biden is delaying the release of the JFK assassination files until December 2022. Now, they're citing a significant impact due to COVID pandemic. I don't know what that means, but that was the quote. So the White House said on Friday it would delay the release of the long classified documents of the assassination of U.S. President John F. Kennedy until December. Now, I don't know what the big deal is, but I think really? it's, when it when you release insight to how foul your government is, I bet you it's the cover up that's the problem. Yeah, like you know. So I, I keep hearing that it was it was one of the secret services that actually did the, the fatal the fatal blow. <laughs> oh really? I was like, yeah. yeah, I keep hearing that, but I don't know. Because that was, almost, was an accident. Yeah, it would almost make sense that. You know, he was shot, but when he was going there and transporting him, they did something wrong and he died. I'm thinking that something like that is probably going to play more than it's the conspiracy side of it. I think that something happened and that he didn't make it from negligence or they didn't have a a nurse there or something. I bet there's something in there that's going to change the perspective, you know. Now... Now, a black man who did not go to the Capitol riots gets a harsh sentence of 14 months after he posted online 
threat to hunt down these cowards, is what he said. And, well, he said, hunt these cowards down and target traitors. And he literally just was posting online to arrest (laughs) people who broke the Capitol. And he got more time than the people who actually broke in the Capitol. Mm. How does that, again, being black in America is not fun when you have to deal with systems. Nope. So a federal judge mm-hmm. has down the harshest sentence yet for someone involved with the Capitol riots, and he wasn't even involved with it, right? <laughs> it's a Texas man. Wow. Um, he was not even present. I, I'm not going to say his name, but he's a black man from Dallas, and he was sentenced to 14 months in prison on Thursday for admitting that he posted a threat on social media. The day, mm. uh, the day after, uh, the cat, the day after the insurrection in Washington D.C. And so, <laughs> the longest term wow. to date, resulting from the federal investigation of the incident of the nation's capital. Mm. Mm-hmm. And he only got one felony count of transmitting threat through interstate, interstate, interstate commerce. It was only one felony count. He got 14 months. Wow. And that, I don't know. You know what? Okay. I am doing that story for the dialogue because obviously we already know about this doggone country. Mm-hmm. Whites do not. Being black, white folks will go in. People are using the bathroom and all this stuff inside the Capitol. And they're like, hey, they was just there visiting. It was a normal broke, day. If you hadn't if you hadn't seen the tape before, it would have been a normal day. Yeah, yeah. some people. They broke windows, the climbed through. Sitting at the, the the speakers, you know, the person who runs Congress in their office, taking their computer, mm-hmm. and they and mm-hmm. this guy gets fourteen months for saying something online. Mm-hmm. Boy, you, I'm telling you, <laughs> you know. Here's that wasn't that Malcolm uh, Malcolm X that said when uh, it was somebody that said when white folks catch the cold, black people catch the flu. Like <laughs> whatever it yeah. is, we get extreme mm-hmm. everything, but they get literally nothing. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't. I yeah yeah. I I feel some kind of way about that story, so I'm gonna have to let that one go. Now, Philadelphia. <laughs> As a soda tax, like their soda tax cut, a number of uh, what they're saying, a number of sugar sweetened uh, beverages out of high school, and they said they decreased mm. it by thirty percent. The thirty percent of the mm. drinks that students um, drink in school, um, just because of their soda tax. So a new study from the Children's mm. Hospital of Philadelphia found that the city soda tax, after the city soda tax. The weekly number of soft drinks per week amongst teens fell in um, 5.3, no, sorry, 5.4 prior to the tax to 3.9 per week, percent per mm. week. So it's 30% decrease. Okay. Now, here's the thing. The price went up. That's the problem. I don't agree mm. with a soda tax, right? It's like saying, you know, We'll charge you ten dollars for some soda, and now we sell less soda. Of course you are. Don't nobody have no money in high mm-hmm. school to 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, Donald like Sutter, really, mm-hmm. really. You know, so um, a Kentucky couple, I forgot this story, at the Capitol riots was ordered to pay $10,000. Now, again, they're not doing um, 14 months in jail. But Thomas and Lloyd Benson, who said um, in two television interviews that they would do it again, they received a hefty fine and probation. <laughs> they avoided jail time. I just wow. played black or white. Who, who got 14 now. years for saying bomb and who actually carried a bomb? Which one of them two who you think yeah, get right. worse? <laughs> That's what it sounds like, right? right? The mm-hmm. guy who said something got 14 months, but the people who were there got probation yeah. and they had to pay $10,000. Yeah. Wow. They, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I said $10,000. Here's what happened. They got 5000 each. So it wasn't. Oh, yeah. So mm. it was five years probation, and and they got the um, 5000 each. They didn't get 10000 mm. each. So wow. they, the Vincents, who have three children and nine grandchildren, they said they wandered around the Capitol for about 40 minutes. And then they later told FBI agents that they met no resistance for, for, um, from the law um, and weren't violent or destructive. And so they believed them, right? But this guy filmed a violent scene in the Capitol. Um, and they said, oh, yeah, the judge said it was troubling. And his <laughs> wife painted a very inaccurate picture of what happened. So they tried to, like... Like tear up and stay forty minutes in there, and they were like, "You good? We're gonna give five years probation." You good? Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another disheartening story of um, <laughs> of, um of the day. Now, a mm-hmm. Cook County judge agrees to um, um, substitution in that Chicago um, vaccine mandate. So they're they're letting the police officers. Uh, I guess they're saying that you can do take a test to prove that you're not COVID positive, opposed to having to take the vaccine. Well, that, that's still, gonna go on until uh, until December. Yeah, they they passed that. Yeah. it's gonna go on until December, and then after December, you got to get the vaccine. And they, they, the police union is. They don't even. They don't even want. They don't even want to take the test. This is how bad it is. They oh, don't even want to take the damn Okay, test. I was wondering why they were still yeah. suing. They don't want to take the test. That's the problem. They don't even want to take the test. Mm-hmm. You know, they 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 don't even want to comply and take the test. But yet and still, you know, they want you to comply. Just dumb, man. Man, it is dumb to me. Yep. See, the police yeah. union again protecting them at all costs for nothing. California sees the worst job gains in, gains in eight months as unemployment claims soar. Now, after being outgained in new jobs by Texas and Florida last month, California owns the highest unemployment rate in the nation at 7.5. Ah, again, mm. happens. Now, a Tennessee Medicaid program may owe Fed $767 million for federal authorities... Mm. Looked into a two billion dollars of the state's claim, and one point one billion of which includes 
a federal share of $776.5 million exceeded the amount allowed by federal Medicaid rules. They were just spending their money. They was like, okay, mm-hmm. we're going to get reimbursed. So I think the federal government is going to get that back. Yeah. Now, I don't know if, if we've ever talked about this, but, you know, Major League Baseball, um, how they treat the minor league teams, because you have Major League Baseball, but oh, you have God. all these minor league They're teams. Yeah, and these really small little towns. Well, the baseball mm-hmm. owners agreed to provide housing to some minor leaguers beginning in 2022. <laughs> now, this is after viral videos show players living in cramped hotels and sleeping on floors and in their cars. Now, they've been doing this for mm-hmm. years. Those teams mm-hmm. making all that money will not advocate for the players. Nope. So after months of um, advocacy by players in various group, Major League Baseball says its owners have agreed to begin providing housing in certain <laughs> leaguers beginning 2020. It's like those fools that did, um, you know, um, Little Falls, Canada, or, or Little Falls, Kansas. It's like we can't do that with them. But if you're in a major city, we go, yeah. that looks bad on the news. So. Small towns, we ain't gonna worry about. Mm. All right, so um, you know, since we're late in the show, I can do this story. But um, Hooters reversed this policy to um, they had some new like skin tight, like they look like um, women trunks, but they actually for short for women in Hooters, they actually tried to change that and have them have some tight, you know, they look like underwear. And serve people. Mm. So they said their new derriere bearing hot pants is, were introduced this month by um, Hooters, which is famously in quotes a restaurant because that's what their term was Hooters, low cut shirts and big breasts. Mm. They said uh, they built this reputation on people showing cleavage, and now they try to get them showing half their butt and cleavage. I guess Hooters wow. sales was going down a little bit, but I still hear yeah, their wings. Some. <laughs> the wings. Back in the days, I had good wings, wings but apparently the wings ain't bad. I, I've had them before. They, uh, they ain't all that though. And I, okay, I, their well, wings ain't that bad. They, they, they are right. I'd rather go to Wingstop though, to be honest. <laughs> right, that's true. They dress fully in Wingstop as well, so you don't have to degrade women yeah. to have some good, uh, you know, mm-hmm. some hot wings. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Now, in a proposal filed by uh, in federal court, you know, the NFL and its lawyers for thousands of retired players have reached an agreement to end their race-based adjustment and dementia testing in this $1 billion mm-hmm. settlement of their concussion claim. So, you mm-hmm. know, before, uh, they, they revised the testing plan that follows public outrage from that race norming, uh, which is a practice that came to light after two former NFL players filed a civil suit last year. And um, the adjustments said that they may have prevented hundreds of black players from suffering dementia to winning award of, mm. award of averaging $500,000 or more per player. So here's what happened. The race norming assumes that black players start with a lower cognitive function which makes it harder for them to show that they suffered from mil- from a mental defect linked to their playing days. So they're like, oh, black people, y'all don't have good thinking skills anyway, so 
that's about normal. And they didn't want to pay him. So finally, mm. they finally um, they proposed an agreement. So I don't know if it, the judge is going to approve it, but it's going to be average 500000 or more per player, which is good. Mm. Now, oh, oh wow. since Vanessa's in church, she won't hear this, but Royal Caribbean announced the ultimate world cruise, which will visit all seven continents, 65 countries, and more than 150 destinations. The Royal Caribbean is saying that it's raising the bar for its world cruise with an epic trip built as the longest, most comprehensive world cruise out there. Now, again, mm. I don't know if I want to be stuck on a, bro- on a boat with a bunch of people I don't like. So I- that might be too long of a trip. I can only do like that five <laughs> You start getting mm-hmm. ten days. I'm like, mm, I'm tired of seeing the same person hovered around the buffet. You know, I, that might be too long. <laughs> you're like, uh, yeah. you know, every time I'm in the bar, you're in the bar. Every time I'm in the kitchen, you're in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Like, just, I can't take that. <laughs> now, you got something. <laughs> exactly. You're like, come on now. Somebody's around the ice cream bar again. You see the same people mm-hmm. who kind of get on your nerves. Now, um, a Florida mom has given birth to all three of her daughters on the same day. One is six, wow. three, and two months. So August 25th this year, um, um, Christian Lamert of Florida, she's 32. She has three young girls, Sophie, who's six, uh, um, Juliana, who's three, and Mia, who's two. They all share the same birthday. None of them are twins, right? So it's very unique. They mm. said, um, that, I get this. They actually have the same birthday even though they're apart. Now, I'm not good at this, but I have friends that if you tell them when your birthday is, they'll be like, oh, you was conceived during Christmas. <laughs> they'll do that to you in a minute. <laughs> so, really? so all of their birthday is August 25th. That means they had a good Thanksgiving. <laughs> like they had a good Thanksgiving <laughs> Christmas, Christmas really? season. Yeah, so I just want to say that can't figure out why your kids are all born in August. That that um, getting drunk on um, Thanksgiving may be the answer to you your question. Stop that. Yeah, y'all might you have to stop that. <laughs> I might have to wait till New Year's or something. Get somebody born yeah. in October. Like just watch your watch your date. Um, right. <laughs> now Vanessa Bryant, Kobe Bryant's wife, has revealed in a sworn statement how she learned about the helicopter crash that killed him uh, him and her do- daughter, um, Gianna. Now, she said that she found out through text alerts about Kobe before the police even alerted her that, that he passed. Really? So she's suing them. Yeah. Because when they called yeah. her, when, when they called her in her, you know, deposition in her lawsuit against Los Angeles County, um, she's suing over claims that the deputies had shared the car crash photos um, mm. with others and and a bartender. Like, he really just, like, they ain't shared with the news, but they wouldn't just start sharing pictures. The police that was on the scene mm. was taking pictures and sharing them. So she said in a deposition that, um, I don't know who this L.A. Sheriff, Alex, somebody, vowed to keep the crash scene private moments after informing her that that Toby and her daughter had, had died. And, um... Mm. So she said she saw the, the grim condition of their bodies and recovered the clothes that they had been that they had been wearing. 
and said, oh, this is mm. private. And then next thing you know, they can't keep their mouth shut. They're out there yeah. reporting. Ha, reporting that. Mm. All right. So I know that that's a tough story for me as well. Right. Um, so I to the point of the other of another story that we did. There's a discovery of high of a high ranking mummy in ancient Egypt that was um, they they found that it's a thousand years earlier than previously thought that they were doing uh, mummification and. What they're saying now, scientists are saying, is that there's a four uh, a thousand year old mummy that can lead to the history books being rewritten because the integrity that they were embalming was thought to have originated much uh, uh, originated much earlier or, or much really? later. Yeah. Now here here's the thing. Um, again, that's only European. Co- culture that they dig up bodies we don't really mess with graves and so all of those people who are buried are not Europeans stop disturbing people mm. graves and being like how was you embalmed let me see how this works mm. right there's something to be said about that okay so whatever it is we know people grave rob and all that stuff but we you know as a culture European culture sucks when it comes to this stuff no respect for the blessed dead if you have any mm-hmm. questions about this for your list, for the listeners, try reading the 42 Admonitions of Mayat. It's the Book of the Dead. These are things that you are not supposed to do if you want to get yourself mm. in the head. Right? Like, you cannot. They, one of the 42 Admonitions is that you should not um, disturb the offerings of the blessed dead. Mm-mm. Just remember, you should not be grave robbing. So, no, I, you shouldn't. I, I know that don't mean a lot to some people, and they're like, what a breakthrough. No. It ain't no breakthrough. <laughs> Leave people alone. Really? Mm-hmm. Really? Now, yeah. And so, you know, oh, I wanted to say, I forgot this story when we were talking about the um, minimum wage and people working. Um, you know, Walmart is hit with a $27 million judgment after they denied employees uh, work breaks and overtime pay. What? How foul oh, are you? Yeah. You know what you, you, you forget that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They don't even pay much. And they and they are denying work breaks and overtime. <laughs> yeah. That's why I leave Walmart alone, man. I I'll spend a little extra money to leave them. I don't I don't if I gotta go in there it, it, I, it's gotta be desperation for me to go in there. You know, they ain't nobody else got it. <laughs> yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah, I, I do go in Walmart but I if I buy something in Walmart, it is not what I would spend in Target. I spend more money in Target mm-hmm. or Costco yeah. or something. But um, mm-hmm. we have to be conscious about our money when we're dealing with corporations. You just can't treat people any yeah. kind of way. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> like like the thing on Facebook that said, you know, Walmart when they when they got all the checkout aisles. And you, I don't I don't want to come to work for you, Walmart. How much you gonna pay me to check myself out? I yeah, like you know what? Them, I would not do that for the longest. I would not mm-hmm. like when they said, now, and Walmart increased the number of self-checkouts so they don't mm-hmm. have to hire employees, right? so they don't have to yeah. ask anybody at the checkout. I'm like, nope, I'm not like, buying it. I was, I, I was arguing with the lady at the I said, I'd rather go over here because the line was long and everybody was standing there. 
She said, "Well, we got we got a bunch of open checkouts over here." And the lady and I was like, "I'd rather have people to work. I'd rather see somebody's face, and I'd rather have somebody keep their job." She said, "Well, I don't know why you believe that because you know people gonna have to uh, the, the people gonna have to uh, to work on those machines." I say that is a hundred percent true, but it's gonna be way less people to work on the machines right. than it is to check them out. So stop it. You know, do right. the math, honey. Shit. If you ever went uh-huh. to self checkout. There's about ten self checkout, and there's one person that is standing there. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Don't act like that's saving somebody's job because it really isn't. No, no, now, it isn't. Yeah, for the first time in eight months, the global shortage of computer chips will not force General Motors to close any North America factory. So the company said on Friday mm. that starting on November first, all plants that had been closed. And um, all, and who've been off since February because of that shortage will now be open. So it's the nation's largest mm. automaker, and the rest of the global auto industry have been um, sporadically shutting down plants since late last year due to the semiconductor shortage, which has cut supplies on dealer lots and driven new vehicle prices to record levels. So they said to be sure production is still isn't, you know, to be sure, production still isn't back to normal because of some of these factors, factories, um, but they'll only run one shift per day, but they are at least bringing them back. Mm-hmm. So they said it's a good sign, and it, but it doesn't sen- signal the end of the chip shortage. And now with the um, backup at the ports, too, that has to be a problem. You know, so you yeah. don't want to order something that you know you're gonna, um, they're going to have to ship. Well, not mm-hmm. just that way. So any foreign, foreign autos, that might be more of a problem than anything else. Mm-hmm. Now, let's see. Uh, US, uh, sorry. USC fraternal president, a fraternity president, is suspended after five women said that their drinks were spiked at a party. And another wow. sexually assaulted. So LAPD officials um, um, said that they suspended... As they suspended the president of Epsilon um, something something chapter of Sigma Nu Fraternity. Never heard of him at the center of these allegations. But again, that girl's gone wild stuff. People slipping roofies and all of that other stuff. Be be careful of your kids mm-hmm. when they're in college. That's all I gotta say. Really. Really. No. Wow. Yep. So, you know, there's um, the Justice Department, you know, I know they were complaining about this on the news, but the Justice Department announced on Friday a cross-governmental effort to investigate investigate and prosecute redlining. And that's the the practice of banks discriminating against minorities in certain neighborhoods, and it is a major Mm -hmm. um, expansion of redline investigation since the Obama administration. So as a part of their effort, the Justice Department – um, will as well as the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau and the Office of the Controller of Currency also announced new cases against Trustmark Bank for its treatment of black and Hispanic borrowers in Memphis, Tennessee. And despite a half century of laws designed to combat redlining, the racist practice continues across the country and has long-term effects so far to the day. And yeah, this, I don't my, doubt it. And, Yep, this is why the average net wealth of black families are 
a fraction of typical white households because they devalue their property because they live in a certain neighborhood. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, at Merrick Garland, Attorney General, um, said that um, he's lending discrimination runs counter to the func- um, the fundamental promise of our e- uh, economic system. Now, again, this is in the fabric of this country that people do nonsense like that. So just so that you know, I'm not sure what's going to come of this, but at least somebody's looking yeah. at it. And so out of all this other stuff that they're distracting you with the with the um, Biden administration, at least somebody is trying to work to make some kind of correction. Really? Now, now you know, they're still um, – I remember that this – made big news when they were trying to audit everybody. But you know, Wisconsin mm-hmm. audit came back. Um, yeah. On Friday. And uh, the Wisconsin <laughs> audit found that elections are safe and secure again. So the highly anticipated mm-hmm. nonpartisan audit of the 2020 presidential election in Wisconsin released on Friday did not identify any widespread fraud which Republicans have been on a Republican legislative leader is the person who said it too. Says that it shows the elections are safe and secure. So that report they from the non—they're going to keep pushing for all these election rules. They're going to keep pushing for all this stuff to, to huh? limit to suppress votes. Yep, yep. And that's why I wanted to make sure we said that. That when the court comes out finding this, people act like, "Oh, I didn't hear that. I didn't know that they found that there was." I just knew there was election fraud. It's like, nope, they they came back with a ruling on Friday. Okay, so that that's all you need to know is that nobody nobody um that stuff is not out there. There was no fraud. But the Republican Party gonna keep spouting that message. Trump won yep. the election. Well, how did he win it? Please, that's yep. when somebody always say that to me. I say, well, prove it. What, what did they do? And then the guy said, "Oh, Dominion, the Dominion." Is. I said, Where, "Where's the proof at?" Because that went to the that went to the court. Now that not Dominion is suing these people. So where's the proof at? Where's Mike Lindell that said that he was going to prove that, that Trump won? Where's all this stuff at? I said, "It's all a lie, man. You know it is." You know what? They're just collecting people money, and um, you know they'll um, you know fade into the woodwork. They're like, donate your money so we can investigate election fraud. It's like, okay. Because there are mechanisms, I think people don't realize this, but there are mechanisms in place is that if there is a skewed number of votes in any particular election, your local elections, um, your local elections folks actually knows what those numbers are. They know how many people are registered. They know how many they should be there. So... When you say that people are stuffing ballots, you can't do that in these systems. This is not the this is not the 1900s where people put their name in a box and then just shove it in a box. These things are audited automatically. Even to certify um, certify races, they actually they actually audit them and they audit them by saying this person is eligible to vote. They voted, and here is they they can't tell you who they voted for. Obviously, so they do audit the signature and the person that vote and where their polling place was and where they voted. That's always audited every election cycle, no matter who. Well, they're trying to change that in uh, 
what is that, Pennsylvania? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're trying to give our people what it, where they voted from, who they voted for, and all this other stuff. They're trying to change all that stuff <laughs> they're trying in Pennsylvania to intimidate right now. They're trying to yeah. intimidate them. Yep. That's all that is, yep. is voter intimidation. And they're trying to make it legal yep. to intimidate voters. But what they're going to find out is that I'm not, I don't give a damn if, I mean, I'm a homeowner, I vote, like, whatever. I can vote for whoever the heck I want to. And you put me in the paper if you want to, and that will give you the finger. So you shaming them, <laughs> you know what I mean? You shaming them is not going to do anything for you, you know. So, you know, I, I want to say this because in our weird nor- stories, um, a New York couple paid $1,600 to get a portrait of crazy-ass Charles Manson tattooed on their leg with his ashes mixed into the ink. Huh? So Pat <laughs> Booth and his wife, Diane, of Niagara Falls in New York State received matching tattoos of court litter, Charles Mattinson last week, and they used some of his ashes mixed into the ink. Okay, my Lord. It, where, where again, did he get his ashes from, though? I like to know you know, that's what I was wondering. From. Like, that, that was, that's my question. It's like, are you... Wait a minute! You have Charles Manson ashes on on lock. Can you call and call eBay? That was just cigarette ashes. Somebody was smoking a Newport. They was like, "Oh, Charles Manson! Charles Manson! Let me get those." (laughs) Wow! Can't believe the craziness of people. I'm just saying. Wow! 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 They really paid sixteen hundred dollars. All right, since we have a quick minute left. Let me do this one because I don't want no email later. Um, Men with high testosterone levels are more sexually active and more likely to cheat on their partners. That's all we have for news today. That's research coming from the university. (laughs) The London School of Hygienic Medicine. That's what they're saying. I don't believe that that's true. If you have a lot of testosterone, outlifting weights and stuff, um, you're more apt to cheat on your partner. People do study a bunch of things. I'm yeah. still tripping off the Charles Manson stuff. So, all right, there we go. Join the club. All right. All right, John. We'll see you next week. All right, see you next week. All right, brother. All right, peace. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.